Squid Comics Podcast, Season 2, Episode 4. 2-4. Yep. Man, only yep. four episodes in this year? I'm two Drew. Point Don. Scott. Yeah, that's our names. And point four. We get together every couple of weeks, talk about comic books, because we're a comic book podcast, even though it doesn't seem like we barely talk about comic books, but you know, whatever. I talked about a bunch of comic books. Podcasts. Did you? Did you they see did. the big news? Not competently, but did I you see the big Dan news? He Dan DiDio, he got the axe. Axe. Shit canned. It's not a long F five G. That's still happening. They're dude. still saying that that's going to happen because they're probably still already coming. publishing shit by at this point in time. I don't no, <laughs> it's supposed to start like October, I think. Okay. They got a few months. But yeah, apparently he was micromanaging too much is what I heard. Hmm. Who knows? I was Multiple employee complaints. Yes, that's more the case. It's going to be a scandal. No, I don't think so. Same like Bob Iger. There's something. Oh, yeah, he, that's shady. He, he something happened put his there. hand up somebody's pants or something. I don't think that's what's going on with Didio. But I don't know if that's what's Didio. going on with Bob, though. I don't know either. what's going on with Bob. He may, I think he's, he's dying. He has tried he has to cancer. retire multiple times. He gets cancer. And they keep pulling him back yeah, in. They tried to, so. they tried to get him out because he's... No, no, a sex fiend. I don't think so. No, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I don't think it's that. I think he's old. He just if, wants to get out. If he's anything, been, it how could old be, is he? He's sixty-nine. He's not old. And rich people age—that's like thirty-five. It that's true. <laughs> I think he's sick. That's that's my theory. I bet he has like cancer or something. No, as soon as that's it happens so could, suddenly, that's what I think. As soon it as could people be. quit suddenly like that, it's like. They're in trouble. But they did say that mm. he—he just said he wants to focus on the creative end of the business and. Yeah. But Disney has enough out. money they can hush it up. They just let him go away and now have enough money. Yeah, you're entitled to your opinion. But I, I think don't know, though. Mark I, I read an article where they were talking about that he had been trying to retire for like the last freaking five, six years and that they kept. Well, it sounded like he got derailed because he had to buy Lucasfilm and that kind of. He decided he wanted to deal with that and kind of shepherd that transition. He shepherded through some of that, but I can't remember what the deal was there. And then. When they bought Fox, that was the other one that held him because of the fact he originally was supposed to retire, I think, last year. And so, but the whole Fox merger, they said, well, you need to be signed on through 2021. And so now that's why he's saying that he's still with the company through 2021 to make good with that promise. But he's like, I want it out. <laughs> when did AT&T become part of Warner Brothers slash DC? Uh, I had no idea. I read that too with the dandy... I don't remember when they bought Warner Brothers. I think a year or two ago, maybe. Did AT&T buy Warner Brothers? Yeah. It appears so, because everybody's calling it AT&T now. Yeah, they bought Warner Brothers. And they bought DirecTV. They pretty much own everything. AT&T? Well, AT&T owns a lot, yeah. But so does Disney, for that matter. Yeah. Yeah, but AT&T is like a telecommunications company. Disney just owns IP. Well, that is true. They don't own, like... They don't own like all that stuff that can brainwash you and whatever else. Correct. IP. It can do that. So yeah. So yeah, Didio's out. Five G is supposedly still going forward. Is Didio supposed to be? And Jim Lee just relayed. He is at Planet. He was supposed to be doing a panel at C two E two this weekend. That panel was canceled because it was meet or meet the or talk to the publishers. Him and Jim Lee. Yeah, so it's now talk to the publisher. But then they canceled it completely. Did they? Which yeah, because Jim Lee like woke up and goes, "What the hell?" Yeah, why would he be at Planet Planet? though? Because he's Dan DiDio. 
Yeah, but he doesn't. He writes stuff. Well, he's well, when they, he's there, though. well, when they booked him, he had the job. I understand. Yeah, yeah I know, changed. but why so would he not cancel? Oh, he may cancel. I he don't might, know. but he may just want to get out there because he could get a long-ass line of people and whatever else, and who knows? Maybe. Or yeah. every single person will go, what happened? What happened? True. That's, what, I'm I'm sure they that's will. what I would do. What happened, Dan? He could probably charge, what, $50 a signature or something and make just a ton of money? There's is no that? way. <laughs> There's no way. I'm gonna go rebuy all my new fifty two Omax and have him sign them. You can buy them from me. Sweet. Wow. How much you want from fifty cents? Cover price. Cover. <laughs> Comics aren't so, worth cover price. You're I not saw... gonna find them at much cheaper than cover price. Oh anymore. yeah, two bucks. Did you get the Scotty Young newsletter though, or whatever? Yeah. He's gonna be at C two E two. Yeah. And he's doing like a couple of sketches oh yeah a I day, saw that uh-huh. doing the rolling the doubles. Uh huh. Yeah, roll doubles, and then you get to pay five hundred dollars for a sketch for, for a sketch that he takes five minutes for. Yeah. From, What's amazing is Sky so, Young is so fast. Like, I know. I know. Like he did like little sketches in my daughter's sketchbook when she was little back when he did them for free. I mean, he's like he's like you know he just whips it out in like thirty seconds and it's like it looks like a finished drawing. Yeah, it's he's it, he's very impressive. And I mean, I suppose make your money now while you can before you can get old. But I was just shocked that he went up from two hundred dollars last year to five hundred. I mean, that's a, well. This is C two E two. You can charge twice as much. But maybe, maybe it was maybe he was. Was he only two hundred dollars last year at Planet? He was two hundred dollars last year at Planet, and he had most, to roll the doubles. And, yeah, and most of the stuff that I saw from other cons was two hundred dollars. I even thought he was two hundred at C two E two last year, but I could be wrong on that. Yeah. So it'll be interesting if he keeps that. You know, and Planet being his hometown, you know, type thing, though. Well, I say hometown. Where he's living at now. Maybe it is he his, a little bit it's more. His, yeah, that's where he lives. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he'll go a little bit cheaper there. But, man, I was just like, holy well, I guess cow. the C2E2 but, has to pay, like, a probably appearance fee, whereas maybe Planet does not since he's local. I don't yeah, know. maybe true, too. But on the flip side, though, one of the things that he was doing that was really nice was I think his signatures were free for up to 10 books. 10 books. books. Yeah, if I remember right. Unless you get it graded. Well, that's true too. Unless it's a CGC, then it's always ten dollars. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but yeah. I understand that. But yeah, ten bucks. Too. Ten books. You know, which I thought was a pretty good. I mean, because more and more yeah. are. Did you see that? that? Strom posted him. Re, re, Baltimore. Jake. Jake, and Colin are all going to share a table at C two E two. I saw they're all going to be there. They're sharing yeah. a table. He said, "Come by. We'll be at artist table, whatever. Artist alley F 12 Yo, cool. How do you cram four people behind one They'll just rotate. table? They'll uh, probably rotate around and have somebody that's there for a couple hours. That's just like, that's there. a cool table. Are you sure it's not like two tables? It might be, but it said F12. Uh, yeah. So I don't know how big F12 is. I don't know either. It's probably be huge. It could be like an end cap. I know when, it, when Buster, the two times I went that Buster was there, he shared with one other person. Yeah. It was two people. Yeah. Which I get that, but four yeah. is... Crazy. Yeah, we treated them pretty good at Aircat. They each got their own table. I know. I mean, we gave Colin two tables just for him. I know. We're too. We were too nice. Yes. <laughs> we should be competing with Chicago. See, do we too? They should be paying us. They should be paying us. Yes. <laughs> so, anywho, cool. Anyway, I just thought that was strange. It's a little strange. I didn't catch that it was all at the same table. I just saw that they were all going to be there. Oh, yeah. Did well, you see that picture that he posted? That's the book him and Scotty are working on. 
No, no, no. Of the at the bar. Oh, that Scott Drummond posted. I saw it on Scott I Drummond's saw Kyle Instagram. Post it, yeah. I was looking. I'm like, like the Kansas City peeps. Yeah. Well, I'm that's like, why. One, two, three, four, five. I'm like eleven, and then I'm like one, two, seven. We've had seven of the eleven. Yeah. Four of them. Well, that's why I clicked on the picture and it popped up. Seven of the eleven. I clicked on the picture and it popped up the names of everybody, and Burnham came up. I'm like, Chris Burnham is in Kansas City, and so I put on Instagram. I said, Is Chris Burnham in Kansas City now? And Scott Drummond's like, Yeah, you should get him to come to AirCop. I'm like, Well, no crap. Yeah, yeah. There we go. You can have. Why don't you just get all eleven and just some big, big spiel? Well, we can't get Jason Aaron to come. There's two that would all be impossible. And Scotty one Young. impossible, one like fifty percent impossible. Yeah. So there's two in there that would probably never. The rest well, we had. I thought I'm surprised you only had seven of the. Of the eleven. Yeah. Well, we well, haven't had. Because we haven't had doesn't like. Uh, Callum, yeah. We haven't had Aaron. We haven't had Burnham, and we haven't had. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Scotty Young. But Scotty, you almost had. Yeah, I know. Almost. So it get to your happen. 50-50. No, that's you what know, I'm saying. Happens. He's my 50-50. There's that's one that right. will never happen. You know, one. since he's even in the same studio as most of those guys now. Yeah, I think that's how we almost got him last and year. Because Kyle was talking to him. Because he could be almost like, sure, what the hell, you know? Well, that's how it almost happened last time. For some yeah. Get to hang out with and everybody. I mentioned it to Kyle, and he said he checked or asked or plant the seeds. But I was like, man, that's a. I'd like to just be. I would have liked to be on the end of that table, just hang out with those guys for like, for like an hour or two. Yeah. That would be great. I would do. I would agree, except for my comic knowledge is shit. So. Anyway. Oh, who watched Hunters? Damn it! I did not. Did, not. did you like it? I haven't finished it. I'm up to like we watched like six episodes. I mm. liked it. Okay, that was good. That's good. I, it was one I that we talked it. about watching, but I just had I mean it wasn't first. like the greatest greatest ever, but it was good. Okay, okay. And it's, I mean it's it it's pretty heavy. It deals with Nazis, and they do a lot of flashbacks to like yeah. the concentration camps and stuff. So because they kind of weird the stories, but. Uh, so the it, previews it make little... it look like it's a Tarantino type show or it, something. Like it's yeah. trying to be all like quick cuts right. and edgy with music and overhead. It's and not camera angles. Really. I mean, it's. I don't know. That's it's, what the it, marketing looks like. Right. Yeah, I know. It looked like Kill Bill or something. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. No, but I it's agree. not like that? Not really. Oh, okay. The, the weirdest thing is uh, the guy, I don't know his name, but. You the one from How You Met Your Mother? Yeah. yeah. It took me like two and a half episodes to figure really? out that that was him. I realized I was it like, from the, is the that? previews. I was like, Ted? oh yeah, yeah. that is. Yeah, Ted. Ted. <laughs> I was just like, that's weird. <laughs> but, no, it's cool. I mean, it's, obviously you guys know the plot, but I mean, there's like a bank heist in it. I mean, there's like different stuff, but no, I was, I, I was digging it. Cool. And then I told you I started watching, which I haven't gotten very far in it, but that um, Too Old to Die Young, mm-hmm. that is just freaking weird, man. Well, like, yeah, even Brubaker, who wrote it, said, like, yeah, if you like, like, it's, it's like, like really like, weird, so it gets weirder the longer it goes. It's, it's like, like a 10-hour weird movie that, like, just gets stranger and stranger. It's like David that on? Lynch. Amazon. Yeah, okay. it's like David Lynch meets, like, uh, like, um... What's his face? Uh, Kubrick, kinda. 
hmm. with weird music. Did you ever see the movie There's... Drive with uh, oh, Ryan Gosling? Yeah. Yeah. It's the guy who directed and wrote that who's made this 10-hour show on Amazon that Ed Brubaker wrote. Okay. With him. Yeah. I think they collaborated. Okay. But he, that guy directed it. But there are scenes like they'll just take a shot. So it's pretty particular and it's... And it's like it moves like they're frozen. Movie. Like the people are fro Like they're just not moving or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's... It, it's... Trancy almost like just like mm. your eyes are just like sounds pretty experimental. Like, is anybody moving? Like, yeah, I wanted to check moving. it out. Or but they're moving really slow. He like wasn't it. really selling it, and then I was like, I gotta be in the right mood. So I just uh, never you got do like I said. I mean, I kind of had the power through. Oh, I watched. Who's seen the original Old Boy? I don't even know what that is. I didn't know that there was even a remake. What? You said the original Old Boy, so that makes him seem like there was a remake or something. Well, like yeah, they, Spike Lee remade it with uh, Josh Brolin as okay. the lead. I, like I said, I didn't even know there was a remake of it. So I don't even know. So what you're talking yeah, about. so that means I hadn't seen the original. I didn't you haven't seen the original. It. Yeah. Do you know what it is? No. Oh. The Old Boy? No. Has anybody? It's seen some it? South Korean movie. It's subtitled, but huh. I guess it's like really. I guess it won the Palme d'Or in like two thousand four or something. And you watched it. Which, the movie? You watched it? Yeah. Okay. Well, you're talking about, you don't know what it is. But the year it won the Palme d'Or, uh, I think Tarantino was like on the jury. He's uh, the one who, like, was it the same guy that did Parasite? No, no, oh, totally okay. different guy. Okay. But it's like a, it's like a South Korean movie, but it's uh, about this guy, he like gets kidnapped and they lock him in like a hotel room for 15 years and keep him prisoner and then he becomes like a badass and breaks out and has to figure out why they locked him in there and get revenge. It's like a vengeance movie. Hmm. Wow. But, I don't know, it's, like, very famous. Cool. Have very famous among the film... South Korean? Uh, filmography I guess. scholars. Yeah. Hmm. Has anybody here seen that Jojo Rabbit movie? Uh, no, it I looks really good. but I've got it right now. I just haven't watched it yet. What is it about? It's about some kid in, like, Hitler's youth. Mm. And Hitler comes and talks to him all the time. Yeah. But Hitler is a... Imaginary, though, is, isn't he? Yeah, Takawaki Watiki or whatever. Yes, he is that. Yes, he's yeah. acting as the... Takawaki. The guy who did Thor. Who did... He's directs Thor Ragnarok. and uh, some other stuff lately. He directed, like, the last episode of The Mandalorian. He did... Uh, he's Hitler? Yeah, he, he plays Hitler. He's and he's directed and wrote the movie. And he directed okay. and wrote it. So... But he does more directing than anything else, but he did yeah. act in this one. But, I mean, he voiced Korg, I guess. And did you ever see uh, What We Do in the Shadows? What We Do in the Shadows. I don't I think so. God, are you just living under a rock? No old boy, no What We Do in the Shadows. I don't know. I guess. Don't feel bad. I haven't watched either one of them, but I do know about What We Do in the Shadows. It's what like is? a documentary about vampires. It's a mockumentary about mockumentary vampires. Vampire. How old is it? Uh, uh, probably 10 a decade. Hmm. <laughs> wow. We agree. There I've watched no. most of it, but then like I was my watching, things messed up. And I, I was watching it. Hunters and yeah. and Too Young, Too Old to Die Young. Mm. I watched 1917. Yeah. Oh, my dad saw that. How it, was that? Yeah, uh, it, it's good, especially yeah. for probably you that likes you know film and kind of how they do things, you know, and stuff of that nature. I mean, the the filmmaking behind it is freaking amazing. They do really good and. Great cinematography, great, you know, uh, uh, what would you say, overall movements and things like that with the camera. I mean, the takes that they do and how they do 
do it is a, is incredible to make it almost seem like very very. My dad taste. said it wasn't very realistic, and I'm like, I don't know where. What so that means. I don't know. I mean, considering I wasn't alive in 1917, I was and not through that. I don't know how realistic it was. I mean, I, I felt. It, here's my thing. I thought the movie just because of the filmmaking and stuff, it is tense. I felt like I mean that whole thing. You're just my stomach is just churning because you're just like oh what you know next kind of crap is going to happen and whatever else now there's it's not a churning because like the camera's all wobbly no because it's it's not that type of thing it's not like the you know hand cam things but yet they do it so well it just feels like you know everything is just moving from one to scene to the next to the next and you're never really stopping to breathe because they there's no cuts really i mean very little you know i mean they're constantly following somebody you know and stuff and then you you turn and see other you know, hell, it's breaking loose in a lot of things. So, hmm. but it's just because of the fact that it's so individualized. You know, where war a lot of times. You know, okay, so have you seen Dunkirk? Yeah, Dunkirk. My my problem with that was it felt like you really didn't build any characters. You were you focused on a couple, but it was kind of shoddy and you know who it was and you really didn't develop anybody hell there was some of them that didn't even tell you to talk you know and things yeah so so while dunkirk was see i thought it was well made but the story itself just didn't grab me very well whereas i felt like 1917 it it knows its focus it determines to focus on these two young soldiers you know type stuff and it does that throughout the film and in well, the characterization isn't great, I don't think. It it just gives you more of that intimate feel, I I thought, with it. Cool. But overall, it definitely has its issues as a, as a total film. But, man, it's it's definitely um, intense, I thought. Cool. And then after that, and feeling like I was like just went on a roller coaster for two hours or something like that, I watched some brain dead movie and watched Charlie's Angels. <laughs> nice, the new one. Yeah, was it pretty good? It's it's a good popcorn flick, I thought. But I was going Scott in. Likes everything. I do like, except for Rise of Skywalker. Star Wars. That's right. He has higher standards. Star Wars. I like Charlie's Angels and Harley Quinn was awesome. I I liked, what was that, 10 Star Wars films and then one that I did not like. So, but, uh, but yes, Charlie's Angels. He's in every DC craptacular. (laughs) He loves it. Aquaman was awesome. Uh, No, I didn't like Aquaman either. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. Who liked, are you the one who liked Aquaman? I, I thought one of us him. liked it. I think it was him. He I don't think I liked Aquaman. He said it wasn't as bad as what I he said, said it was. It, oh, it was as horrible. bad as I thought it was. Yeah, be. because I and know I Matt talk. and I were like making fun of it. Oh, and I was the, too. I mean, I was giving that one crap. And the, Matt's the, review was perfect. It was like yeah. spot on. The CGI, the, I thought the underwater battles and some of the action was cool. But Jason Momoa was a horrible actor. and the See, I thought he was one of the few enjoyable parts of the whole film. But... Um, but yeah, the story's pretty bad. But yeah, the, the, Charlie's Angels. Probably the reason I liked it though was because Chris I was, I was in the mood for it. Well, and it has what's her name, Jasmine from the live action Aladdin. So, uh, I, know. I, know, I think it's her name's Naomi Scott. It's not the it's not the cartoon chick from the original Aladdin. No, she's not in Charlie's Angels. They could have done that though too, <laughs> but I mean, it's very girl, girl power, you know, type of thing. Sure, so like Harley like Quinn, you're all about the girl power. This I month. am, whatever. So yeah, it's all about the you girl power. Give him that smile book; he'd probably like it. Everybody would like smile because it's an awesome book. Right. You, you 
You read it. You said it was good. I said it was okay. You said it was good. I was forced to read But that. Charlie's Angels is not as bad as what I expected it to be. Cool. So, and that may have been part of the thing, too. Expectations were low, and I just needed the brain-dead fun film. And uh, I just turned on the Democratic debate. It's like... Dude, number. I did watch part of that thing. So I watched oh, part of it last night, and then I immediately turned on the SNL skit of it. It's like the same thing. Uh, yeah, Bernie Sanders. Call me, call me, meet me, right here. We were talking about it today at work, and I told everybody I was just going to start talking like Bernie Sanders now. Sweet. At work. I'm going to start talking like uh, Larry David. Elizabeth <laughs> Warren or whatever. Yeah. I don't even know where that Tom Steyer guy came from, man, but that guy is loopy fruity. Like, he's crazy. That's why They're the SN- all crazy up well, there, yeah. but he's a different kind of crazy. He's a different kind. Well, in the SNL skit, he was like high on mushrooms or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, like they Which had a SNL guy. skit is this? The, late, the North Carolina one. I'm surprised you know it because he like watches them all. I know. I thought you yeah, got a chance to know. I didn't, it didn't record a new one. It was the cold one. open. Well, it was from like a couple weeks ago. Oh. Well, I saw it if it was the one from a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, they had a guy's Tom Sire. He's like, oh, I'm tripping out. I'm tripping on balls. My balls. I'm tripping on balls over here. You know? I don't know that. So, anyway. It's funny that you said that, because that's what oh, I, yeah, I, I thought as well. I've been watching. The last two were terrible, because they had J.J. Watts hosted one, and then RuPaul. Actually, I didn't know who J.J. Watts is. I thought you were talking about the Democrats. Yeah. <laughs> you watched the last, the last one, they were terrible. Were terrible. No, I thought they were more entertaining than Saturday Night Live. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like my new favorite TV show, The Democratic Debate. Right, and I can't the, wait until it goes to the convention when it's contested and all hell's going to break loose. Oh, it's going to be gonna be fighting. It's just going to be like a 10-round boxing awesome. match. Well, you know, I hate, standard. what is it, Bill... Bill Maher or whatever. I'm oh, not yeah. a fan of his, but he put something up there where it was like, the Democrats, in order to beat Trump, all they have to, to do is less, less crazy, crazy. Oh, I saw Trump, that. That was so you know? funny. That was the greatest thing <laughs> yeah, ever. That is great because he's was. like, they come out and they're all for these different things. The, the rights of the transvestite in the jail. In prison, in prison to get a sex change out yes. It's like... <laughs> What's your demographic there? there how, many yeah. lo- how many votes are you winning with that position? Yes, exactly. <laughs> People in prison can't vote. And how many of them are transvestites trying to get sex trained? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what your position is. I don't know why you're going after this position. Why it's not going to get you any votes. So yeah. Somebody, was, One of them was like $45 trillion for Bernie. It was, it's what he was going to spend. And they're like, our gross, like we don't even make. Forty-five trillion dollars in like ten years in the U.S. Like combined, how are you gonna pay for this? But my favorite was the one where the last one, where uh, what's his face was uh, the mayor, the New York guy. Yeah, Bloomberg. The Bloomberg. Yeah, he's, he's good. like, this is a great country. He's like, you're the only socialist that's a millionaire with three houses. <laughs> he's like, what am I missing? And then Bernie's like, excuse me, excuse me, I have one house in where is he from? Massachusetts. I don't know, Vermont. Vermont. I have one house in Vermont because that's where I live. I have one house in Washington D.C. because that's where I work, and I have a cabin, a vacation cabin home. That most of us in Vermont have. So, excuse me, sir. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You're defending that you're a millionaire and have three houses. Three houses. It's like... It's, it's okay. okay. Steal for him. It's okay. Yeah. 
But he's not a billionaire. He's I just know. a millionaire. <laughs> There's a big difference, Don. A thousand times. I mean, they're all crazy. Biden's like, I didn't. The only, I, had, I never had money. He's like, I only have money now because I wrote a book. He's like, tell you I've ever had money in my life. <laughs> I, it's insane. And it's great when they're all going after each other. It is pretty funny. And the thing that gets me is they're all fixated on Bloomberg's taxes. Oh, yeah. They're like, well, you haven't made your taxes available. And he's like, I haven't even done them yet. <laughs> I haven't been three weeks. And then Warren's like, well, that's not acceptable. That's after Super Tuesday. The voters should know before Super Tuesday. Well, they're not due until April 15th, lady. Change the law. No, they want 10 years I know. back to back. And I'm like going... It takes a while to count sixty-one billion dollars, guys. <laughs> like it, it takes a while. Uh, okay, know. we digress. It's insane. We did mention about politics. It's <laughs> funny though. It's hilarious. It is. It's really my new favorite TV show. I, I love it. That. I love it when it debates on. All right. Yeah. This, I guess we should talk. Yeah, about Yeah, I guess we could even talk about. Why are you talking about this? Cards. I read Fantastic Four Grand Design. See that big four? That's a Fantastic Four. Mr. Shioli. Like Tom Shioli did this. <laughs> so we did X-Men Grand Design, and then Tom Shioli decided to do Fantastic Four Grand Design, because he's a Kirby guy. Mm-hmm. So it's, Which one is Rug going to do? Gonna I think do Spider-Man Grand Design. Spider-Man Grand Design? I don't think Rug's going to do one, but if he did one, that would wow, be my look guess. look at that. A it lot of words, aged. a lot of panels. panels. So I was reading this... And okay, so like you with the wanted to lose your mind with the X Men Grand Design, I'd read like most of the X Men comics that were in the two last volumes, but like the first volume of X Men, like X Men One to Sixty or whatever, I never really sat down and read those. So the first Grand Design was a little rough to get through. Well, this is all stuff that I mostly not read. I mean, I've read the Coming of Galactus storyline and maybe the early like first ten, twelve, twenty issues of Fantastic Four, but I haven't read all of it. So, I mean. There's like, each issue is like broken down to like a page is kind of what he's doing or whatever. So it was a little bit of a slog it to get through. It was very jumpy so though. I, I started jumpy. to read the, I, yeah. I read the first issue and it you didn't have start off. I don't have the big collector thingy. I bought the single issues. Wow. And I so. started to read the first one. But it like it doesn't start out like Fantastic Four number one where they go up in a ship like it start it's, it starts it, out with like the Watcher yeah kinda, it's like it weird. takes like a bigger sort of it's almost like a history of the Marvel universe type thing almost but anyway eventually they do get to the Fantastic Four going up in the rocket ship and you know it's like I said it was a bit of a slog at points because there's so many words on the page and it's very um, not decompressed it's the opposite of decompressed it's very compressed. And so it's like they're it's trying to like, sum up like a whole issue of comics so in like dense. in like you know nine yeah, it's ten really panels. Dense. It's almost so it's really like hip hop family tree. It is. It is. I mean, that's the whole thing they're going for. I mean, Pisker did hip hop family tree, and they did that same yeah, strategy no, for X Men, and now Scully's doing it for Fantastic Four. But the second issue, well, that's when he starts like going off on his own. Like he takes like the story, but he starts like taking liberties. Have you, are you, do you have the second issue? I have, but I haven't Can I spoil it? it? I don't care. All right, cool. So, you know, there's always that thing where Sue, like, was attracted to Namor, but she married Reed and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) When Franklin is born, it turns out that he's actually Namor's kid. He's got, like, gills and Reed's like, oh, he's a mutant. (laughs) 
he's got like gills. And Namor's like, oh, he's handsome like his father. And Reed's like, oh, thank you. Jesus. It's pretty funny. Wow. It's good stuff. But, uh. The most brilliant. I can't man remember what the other, the like, big. Reed Richards. There's an. Oh, and then. So I thought it was just gonna be, like, all the Kirby stuff. But then he goes into, like. It gets into, like, Secret Wars and stuff. Like, he weaves Secret Wars into it or whatever. <laughs> it just goes really. The timeline gets all wonky. And I don't know. It's pretty cool. It gets, it gets crazy enough to make it interesting again, I guess you could say. I'll read but it, like, the, in a month from now, and I'll just re-talk about everything you talked about. Hey, that's cool. God, but yeah, they do the whole so... Secret Wars thing. <laughs> I, actually, I should have bought this one because reading it like this is difficult. I bet so. Yeah. I can't imagine What's all the those little panels. Uh, 30, uh, 30 Yeah, twenty nine nine nine. I can't believe that. That's It's two issues, two $5 issues, and it's $30. Well, because it's, it's oversized. I get that, but still, that's uh, just yeah. like, that seems way out of price point. Like, yeah, that should be, be a $20 book. I know, it feels substantial. There's so many words in it. So no, I get it, but you know what I'm, you understand I what know I'm what you're saying. saying, yeah. It's like, what, 100 pages? Yeah, I mean, it's more, oh, it it's more than more that. Than they 50. did throw in the, uh... It couldn't have been more than that. They did throw pages. in one issue of, uh, Fantastic Four in there, like recolored, not recolored, uh, but kind of, you know what I mean, like a throwback gotcha. or whatever. It's and got all, it's got all the alternate covers too. Stuff. There's not a bunch of extra stuff. What's it's got like his notes. Oh, that's all the notes. That's in the and back. Then, and then, like his pitch. It's got like his pitch and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, Fantastic Four grand design, like it's a bit of a slog because it's so compressed or whatever. But um, but it's a good slog. But by the time you get to the crazy stuff, it was kind of made a little more yeah. worth it. Because by the I time started, you were kind of insane anyway. Yeah, you were pretty much lost your mind. I did sit down and, and start to read but, it, and I just I mean, got... The reality is, this isn't really the... I don't really enjoy this style of comics that much, where it's just like <laughs> constant... Um, what's it called? Where they just explain stuff? Extra... Exposition. Exposition. Yeah, it's just like a lot of exposition, you know? Yeah. I like my comics to flow more like a... You know, a little more action, a little more. Yeah. You know. I bought that. Uh, so, I bought that history of the Marvel Universe that Mark Wade did. Oh yeah, that sounds horrible. I know, and I'm just like dreading trying to sit down and read it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. So anyway, but I'm interested to read it, but I'm dreading the chore of reading it. I think it would have been better if I had actually, you know, grown up with those early Fantastic Four issues and read them, because I felt like X Men Grand Design was much better on the last two series because I had read all that stuff. But this one, since I never actually read a lot of the stuff, it was just kind of like, oh, look, Molecule Man. Oh, look, Radioactive Man. Oh, look. You know, it's just like, I don't know. But it got kind of crazy and got interesting. Gotcha. Scott should read it. No. <laughs> he says no. Might as well start with the big guy. Criminal! Wow. I read the whole enchilada. The whole enchilada. One through 12. Are you still on track? Did you do 150 comics this week? I did about 100 and... 50 nice. Wow. Alright, so Criminal, you read the whole shebang. So there's like, what, three stories in here? Uh, number the one's a one, one shot, is right? One shot, then and then number two and three, two and three are three. a series. And then the rest is, yeah, is so it's one, three. three. Then the rest is the big story. Cool. I really, like I really liked the two and three. Yeah, that was cool. The comic book convention. The comic book convention with the yeah. art and all that stuff. That was good. I Super really liked cool. that. It was almost like but yes, I did like it. And then um, it was interesting the way they did the big, big story, the uh, whatever, the 4 through 12. And yeah. they go back and basically tell the story of um, uh, the dude, 
from the first one. Yeah. Coward. Coward. Uh, Whatever his name is. Lawless. Lawless is the other guy, right? Oh, That's... yeah. Um, Wait, yeah, Leo? Yeah. I can't remember his last name, but I know what you're talking about. Right, so, like, you've read all of the, the other stuff, right? I've read a whole lot of the other stuff. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, the I guy, he dies, but so they go back and tell the story of him about how, and his son gets in trouble, and yes. then he, like, beats up on his son, and then he meets this lady, and yeah. then they go off, and, yeah. So, I mean, but the way they do it is cool, because, like, they'll, he'll focus on, like, one of the characters, like, per book. So you'll see like it from a perspective of this character, and then you'll see this one from the perspective of that character, and then. But uh, I'm not doing it justice. But I don't know. I mean, it's good. Like it's really good. But I I've been I listened to um, I started listening to the Eleven O'clock Comics podcast a little. That's bit. so funny. I watched I listened to an episode today. Which one? The very latest one. Oh. Where they were talking about Dan DiDio. Oh. But they do their. They but I couldn't get through their... a whole episode because mm-hmm. Vince was like rambling for like. Minutes and minutes and minutes about like Immortal Hulk, and I just didn't yeah. care, and I turned it off. They, they did, um, they did like their uh, year end stuff. Eleven O'Clockers. Their Eleven O'Clockers, and it was like Criminal was like their like at least two of the num of the four people was like their number one book, and like everybody. That's only and, three of them. No, they had another a guest guy on for like oh, the fourth cool. chair. Cool, but cool. um, but yeah, I mean Criminal, it was like up there and like. Um, Sean Phillips was like their pick for favorite artist, and like it, they really like they really put it up on a high. Yeah, high, high I love Criminal. It's so it and works I loved so well. It. it does work really well, and I loved it. But I'm like, it probably is the best thing that I read from last year. But I'm like, as I'm reading it, I'm like, is that really the best thing that I read from last year? I mean, it's up there. Like, it's good. I think the problem with Criminal is but, it's so consistently good, you almost take it for granted. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, Killer Be Killed was so good, but yet, everything they do is so good, and it's just like, you just kind of, you know. Right. And their stuff always, it all kind of feels similar-ish, and so that... But no, I mean it's it's excellent. It's it's really good, and I mean that's what got me into the because I hadn't read this, and I I always read. I don't usually I'll read one or two of the essays in the back, but I don't I usually don't read, read the essays. But I'll read his back matter, and that's where he I, was, read I heard him matter. talking about that too old to die young. Oh yeah, and so then I was like, oh okay, well cool, I'll check this out. You know, so Sean Phillips does the art, but then his son Jacob Phillips does the coloring. Yeah. I don't think the coloring is as good as the Brett Weister. I don't, yeah, I don't <laughs> used to do it. I, and, I mean, I mean that's fine. cool that you got your son coloring it, but it's not really my, I don't think it's as good. As right, I'm kind of with you. It's fine, but it's probably not. Like, he's doing this weird style, like, with the coloring. Let me pull this well, there's an ad in one of the later books. He's gonna have his guys gonna have serious. It just got solicited, yeah. yeah. But, like, it's like he colors outside of the lines a lot, like on purpose, you know. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It's just interesting. It's just not my thing. I, th- I like it better, the <clears throat> more traditional coloring. But. And like I thought, was it, what was the lady's name? Brett Weister? What was her? It was the girl, right? Elizabeth. Elizabeth, yeah, she did it. And she had a good job of like, she would use like the whole color to set the tone too and the mood. And he doesn't do that as much on this. So it's, I just. And I'm reading that Grindel series by Matt Wagner, you know? He's and got his, his son, son coloring it. And I'm like, what's with these artists getting their son to color their books? Is it like they're saving money or they're, 
you know, keep I it don't, all in the family. Keep it all in the family. Yes. Yeah. This is this. I don't. Is coloring is important, people. You don't just let your kid do it. Did Britweiser get caught up in this whole... Yeah, I think they were caught up in the whole Comics Gate stuff. Yeah, because they were, like, super conservative. I think they are hanging out with Ethan Van Skyver or whatever. But are they looked down upon now? Like I think so, yeah. Are they? I think so, yes. Okay. Brett and Elizabeth. They. I was watching Persona something. non grata. I was looking at something on Facebook, and they've started, like, their own comic book company. Yeah, I think they're pretty much outcasts at this point. That sucks, because... They were Just very artistic-wise, they were very talented. Yeah, Elizabeth was great colors. Like I, said, I miss her on the... And Mitch did really good artwork, I thought. Yeah, he was good. He was just kind of that photorealistic style. So did Ethan Van Skyver, too, but... <laughs> yeah. I thought his artwork was pretty good, too. Sure. So but anyway, it's highly recommended. It's, it is it is It is very good. But like Drew said, I think you just get used to... You know what I mean? Like, it's oh, so yeah. good, you just read it. Yeah, like, anytime I see... Like, like, oh, yeah, that Phillips was good. There, I mean, I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> Like, I know, that was I good. Mean. It makes me want to go back and read Sleeper. Because it's oh, been yeah. so long since I've read that. I and did I didn't love that series it when I first read it. It was good, but I didn't love it. Okay. I want to go back and read Gotham Central. Oh, I didn't read that. I, I liked But that it wasn't Sean Phillips, was it? Uh, nah, it was like Rucka, like Michael Brubaker, Lark or something. Michael Lark. It was a lot of them, but I mean, it was Brubaker doing crime. Um, I mean, I remember reading it. What's well, And I liked it. I liked it. So I was on this like kick then with uh, 1917 and Letter to Joe. And Letter to Joe. So I tell you what, though, this. Uh, it's fantastic. Oh, Scott you know, liked it. Really it. Is. He liked it Letter like, to Joe. It was a. Well, and I think How a lot of it not? is because... It's fantastic. Of, well, but here's the thing, though, for me, and <laughs> I think thing. where you probably hit the nail on the head for why I would like oh, it. Oh, he's so giving like, you credit. It, well, I do, yeah. He, he's getting in with some of that, but I think a lot of it is the fact that it has that basis of something that was true, you know? Now, granted, they he admits in the back that he took, you know, a lot of liberties with things in there, but, you know, the whole basis of this story is something that... It is the letter to... To Josephine, you know, that this guy wrote, you know, to her. And, you know, it's shown in the back in its entirety and everything else. And that just gives that, that extra pull, you know, on, I don't know, emotional-wise or whatever else you want to say to the whole story. And uh, Yeah, it's an interesting framing device, device to use that to kind of, oh, to make it something different. Because otherwise it's just another World War exactly II story, right? Exactly right. And I think but using that framing device makes it something It unique. puts it that next tier yeah. up there, exactly. I agree. And, and something that they, you know, it moves at such a good pace, you know, throughout everything. But yet highlighting, you know, individual lines of that letter and everything as it's going on there. And even including some things, you know, of what she's doing back home, you know, a little bit, you know, uh, in, in keeping that, what would you want to say? You know, the, the groundedness, you know, between the distance between them, you know, I guess, and, and trying to get that all in there. But, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and Kelly Williams' art is just really well done throughout there. I mean, he, it's very interesting because he, you know, Kelly Williams has... Well, hand lettering. Well, he's got a really good, you know, dark style with a lot of this in the, in a book, you know, that's, that's got a lot of, you know, um, it's not feel-good, you know, type things. You know, yeah. Kind of, you know, but yet, something about with the, like there, you know, and stuff, with the way that he does the faces, it's not like it's funny, but, you know, it's bringing that across, though, of something that 
is is horrible, but yet not to a disgusting type of thing. You know, it, it's got a this just beautiful quality about it. I don't know what, how else you really explain that. You know, it's a horrific type of thing that's going on, but yet you look at that and go, "Wow, that's just really well done." You know, I mean, it, overall it, in there. So it it seemed like you really did a, a good job of trying to capture an overall feel in there, keeping you know this dark story, but yet still being able to visually get the point across and, and everything. There's a couple of spots maybe in there where the action gets a little wishy-washy or, or haphazard, I think, because of, especially there towards the end, I thought, where they're fighting in the forest, where it was a little bit more hard to keep track because mm -hmm. of how how the, the colors were and how dark things were and trying to keep the different pieces there. But overall, I thought it was well done. It's called the Fock of War, Scott. Well, you're very true. Right? You don't and, know. And, you, when you're there, you don't know what's going on. And to, to the point, though, in that whole part of the letter, too, the guy didn't really know what was going on. You know, I mean, he was just like, I know shit busted, whatever the hell else, and I'm firing with my little pea shooter, you know, type thing. And uh, I have no idea, you know, what the hell happened. So, you know, you're right. To that credit, maybe that was part of it, the fog, you know, in, in general. I saw a post from him the, uh, a, a while, uh, the, or just recently that they put up. He's already working with that guy. The yeah, they got another project. project they're trying to pitch. They put up like a. They put together like a little mini comic or something. To they're called it. sample pages, John. But they actually had it like in a comic book form. Yeah, it was like a comic. Yeah, like a sample. It was an ash can. Was it an ash can or was it full size? Uh, cool. Well, yeah, but yeah. Thanks I hope for letting the same me borrow really, that. I, I thought this, it was it was well done. I hope it really takes off. I, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I hope it hits. And no, I hope it fails. <laughs> but I mean, not just, dude. He should he should totally be on a monthly book from Image for Marvel or DC. Like he should be like he would be perfect on like a friggin' Swamp Thing or something. Sure. Yeah, no, he's got the chops. I hope he gets. I hope this book helps his career go to the next level because I know he's been kind of right there on that cusp oh, that for a long there. time. So I hope this book shows what he people what he can do, and hopefully he'll get more work and work consistently. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, I hope so. And so where's he? Uh, where's he out of Arkansas? Arkansas. Arkansas. Because um, I've seen he's going to C2E2. Yeah, yeah, he well, goes. He's been, these guys he's even going to Emerald, I thought. Yeah, he's, well. yeah, he usually does Emerald. He, he does, usually he, does those he, big he's ones. He's Emerald and... Heroes, usually. Yeah, Heroes. I don't think he does New York. But, or maybe... He, he sometimes has. does. Yeah. But not always. But uh, I think New York's really expensive to do. But yeah, did you see some, the, some of those commissions that he's posted for the pre-commissions for mm -hmm. C2E2 were pretty badass. Very well done, yes, I would agree. I'm gonna do a little. Did you even have a copy? I do have a copy, I thought Scott. You did. I have a copy of Letters to Joe. And so you give me Don's? That's right. Just take Don. <laughs> he doesn't need it. He'll just buy another and one. I will. He'll totally forgot one. that he even had it. I'll He'll totally buy another buy one. one from him in person right off the bat. <laughs> I read this week. Well, that's still one of my favorite commissions. It was from Kelly Williams and the Captain Phasma. I got that. It's just freaking fantastic yeah. as well. Anyway, sorry. Nils. I read Nils, The Tree of Life. Hmm. So, like, when I picked this up at the local comic book store, the guy's like, oh, I saw this. I had to actually order it because it looked cool. You picked this up at the local comic book store? I did. At the local comic book store. Huh. But uh, the art is, like, super so weird cool. that the local comic book store would have that. No, I pre-ordered it. 
Oh. And they're like, oh, I saw that. I was trying to get me a copy of that. Is it the guy that was bitching about how big your discount How big was? my discount is? Yeah, same guy. <laughs> you have a big discount. Apparently, I have a big discount. I'm like, well, that's the why biggest. I buy comics here, because I have a big discount. The biggest. That's the discount I get. I work here. <laughs> exactly. So, is this anyway. for something? <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. No, we're talking geek speak now here. All right, so Neil's a tree of life. This is a uh, it's magnetic Hold press. On. Hold on, stop. Oh. Why did you pre-order this? Like, what what is the reasoning behind this big giant hardcover book <laughs> of people that I've never heard of? Well, the book looks cool, right? Don't you think it's a good no? It book? does, but I'm just curious what your well, process I, is in ordering. I like magnetic press because like, they put out like a lot. It's yeah, European, it's like, so they they translate a lot of the European, European stuff. And so this is like a French or European or something. I don't know where it's from, but and it is the same price French. as that crappy paperback thing you just it's showed. Not, sure. It's not crappy so. though. <laughs> I mean, it's about the same size. The content is good. <laughs> this is bigger. The fantastic. Oh, okay. Is and instead of three 48-page type issues, it's like, or two, it's like actually three. So it's thicker, too. Wow. Okay. So it's worth the 30 Thicker and it's hard. No, it's fine. I'm just curious. Um, I like, uh, it looked cool. And I was looking for. on it, too. <laughs> Magnetic Press puts out a lot of those European books, and they bring them over. And I've enjoyed their presentation. The books are, like, really nice. They have, like, the, the little rounded corners and and you know I like those European type okay. stuff. So I, I'm, I'm not cool. trying to pick on it. I'm no, no, it's cool. Why it's kind of like the preteen braces or whatever right. type thing. It's in that so Niels, uh, this is a pretty cool book. Basically, it's like uh, isn't that that dude from? Isn't Niels the name of the guy from um, Die Hard? Niels? I, I have no idea. Maybe the, the blonde bi- bad guy or yeah, is that not the, the main black guy? Not the main bad yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to see if Don't you know. continue with this. this he just movie. wanted to interrupt you one more time. <laughs> well, no, I, I really thought it was Niels. The best thing about this book is the art. The art is superb, very cool. Like, well, it's European. It is European. That means the story um, is probably kind of... Woo. The story is good, but it's, there's just not a lot of characterization, and so you don't really get that invested in the characters. Can I, can I make a guess what this book's about just from the cover? Sure. Some boy gets lost in the woods and he's raised by a pack of wolves. That is not correct. You no. can try though. <laughs> no, it's like a the wolf he, is he lives in this alien. village, this boy Niels, he lives in the village and his dad's kinda like the local scientist dude. Well they can't get anything to grow in the soil. And so they can't figure out why nothing will grow. So they go out on like a quest to figure out why stuff isn't growing. And there's some other kingdom which is large, it's kinda like trying to take over the world. Well apparently everything in the world has to have like a little spirit to it. And this other large overbearing civilization has been capturing all these spirits and sucking them out of the ground and not replenishing them. And so nothing will grow because, like, there's a cycle of life. Like, if something dies and the spirit releases and then it goes, reincarnates and becomes something else. Well, they're capturing all these spirits and so nothing will grow. And so the Hmm. land is kind of dead. And so they basically go on a thing and they end up kind of coming head to head with this big civilization that's been sucking all the life out of everything. So it's basically a, a, about China and um, and uh, global warming. Mm, I'm, there's, China is the big I think there's some all the, I think all the there's, nutrients out of the ground. I'm sure there's some like thematic, the metaphorical type stuff about like environmentalism and stuff in there, but it's not super oppressive or 
it didn't really come across as like preachy or anything. It's just kind of it's it's very world building, and so it comes it works pretty well. But like I said, happy too, that paper yeah, must be thick. It's it's a nice <laughs> it's a nice presentation. But uh, anyway, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I mean, um, the art's super cool. It's a cool like little fantasy type story, and it's got some cool twists in there with the civilization. You know, more is going on than meets the eye. But then towards the end, it becomes kind of like Akira, where everything just kind of goes crazy, and the chosen one, and just everything just kind of spirits come from the sky, and it just gets kind of. I don't know. It probably would benefit from a second read. Maybe I could it's grasp a the story. Ecological saga mixing Nordic mythology with a future not too hard to envision today. Dun, dun, yeah, dun. something like that. But yeah, it's pretty, pretty good. I you recommend it. it. I recommend it if you like art. If you like, like if art. you just wanted a good story, I say you could probably do better. But um, if you enjoy comic book art, I think you people would dig it. That bear is impressive. Yeah, it's got some. Stuff. Ooh, I read this. Chrono Did you read Not. it? Chrononauts, Future Shock. So is this like the huge disappointment from the first one? <laughs> I was going to say Chrononauts. I think um, I read like, the first Okay, one. I like almost everything Miller does, and this one I just kind of felt like... Eh. So this is a sequel to the other one? Of the yeah, two boys yeah. that went jumping around yeah. doing that stuff? And the big gimmick was they all came out on the same day. Yeah. So they released all four issues like the same day, so they all came out at the same time. That's um, probably a good oh, call. So it's a Netflix, Netflix, uh, wasn't binge. I wasn't necessarily disappointed. I was I was entertained by it. Were you? But it wasn't. That's on the back of every book. It doesn't I know. Matter. Um, Netflix, yeah. Um, no, I thought it was okay. I mean, yeah, I, it was I didn't. Okay. I didn't hate it. I wasn't like, oh, this was a pile of crap. Yeah, I, I didn't feel that. I, I just... mean, it was good, but it wasn't. It wasn't at the level. And maybe it was only because it was four issues. I don't know. Well, they changed artists. Now, they I did. Read, yes, the other one was Sean Gordon Murphy. Oh well, yeah. I thought you meant in the middle of the, this book. No, there's, but no, Eric Kinnett did all of it. Eric Kinnett, different artist. Kinetti. Than... And I thought I really like Eric Kinnett. Like I see his commissions and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. But like his sequentials don't blow me away the way that I expected. And so I think I built up in my mind they like, were. oh, Eric Kinnett, I love his stuff. And then oh, Chrononauts, I really love the first one. So I think I hyped it up too much in my head. As I'm reading this, though, like, I'm trying to follow along. Like, you had to have hated it if you didn't like Avengers, The Last Avengers, because of the time travel. But this is a time travel book. But it yeah. went all over crazy. Like, I even gave up trying to follow. Like, uh, are they, how does that work? Did that, would that work? How did that work? Because the part where they take the, where they take the, the evil alien guy yeah. and they send him back like a billion years to the beginning of time to get rid of him? Yeah. Well, like, like wouldn't uh, that screw up everything in the past? Because well, you've got this alien with all this technology a billion years ago. Wouldn't he have taken over the world by, by the time they get to where they well, are? Well, Chrononauts, like a lot of Miller stuff, is pretty uh, shallow, and so I wasn't really looking too deep. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm just stuff. thinking like, okay, based that's on a the huge... first series, it was a very loosey goosey time travel. Version. That's a huge time travel, like. Oh, you can't even look at this thing as like. But you can't so even use your brain. The story of the kind of the story of this is it's the them two and, but they they're trying to but figure they didn't out lose their learn their lesson the first time. Right? No, they're trying to figure out how to go forward. Because it's impossible to go forward. 
So they're trying to figure that out, and they end up going backwards, but then they figure out, or somebody comes from the future and pulls Somebody they figure out how to go forward. Yeah. So, so they, they go, go way forward. They go way But then they're, like, in the future, and they're, like, the guy that brings them there is, like, trying to, he's, like, I want to offer you guys, I want you to stay here and live, and I want you to work for me, blah, 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 I got a job for you, this and that. And so, like, they bring their family, or the one guy brings his family, and so, like, they're supposed to live there for, like, a month, and then you get the, I don't know, was it really, like, a big twist? No, there wasn't a twist either. That's, well, like, two series it, in a well, row. Well, it like, kind of was a twist, because, I mean, obviously, you find out. I knew those guys sport. were going to be bad. Right, I knew they were going to be bad. The future but... people are always bad. <laughs> That's Obvious. right. They're always bad. Have, don't but, you I mean, know your movies? It was, it was okay. It, it, was it didn't okay. blow me away. No, it, was it definitely didn't blow me away. It was worth reading. And I'm glad I read it. It was a, mm. it was a fun story. And the second the series last, came out on Netflix. The last... I know, that's a good question. The Jupiter last Ascending issue... comes out first, I think. I always think of that crappy movie. Not Jupiter Ascending, like Jupiter's Legacy. The, uh, the last issue is like double-sized, too. So it's like five issues. So I follow like a lot of TV show news, like all these things are getting adapted and all that stuff. Seems like every show is like losing their showrunner. Have you noticed that? Like, Why the Last Man, they had to change showrunners. And there was... I think, I think uh, Jupiter's Legacy lost its showrunner and they pulled someone else in because of creative differences. And it's happening to movies a lot too. Like, oh, I'm off. The new guy's on. Like, Spielberg's off Indiana Jones 5. Did you see that? Hmm. He's not going to direct Indiana Jones 5. Oh, they think no. they're going to have Colin Trevorrow do it. Well, they Good. will have Colin Trevorrow do it. Well, he doesn't have the job yet. Oh. But. Good. He deserves it. Colin Trevorrow? I think so. I think he's. He made two crappy Jurassic or one crappy Jurassic World movie, and then he helped on another one. Yeah. And then he boned on Rise of Skywalker. Couldn't even finish the damn thing. That's because Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah, conflicts. Creative differences. That's right. Ah, whatever. Doesn't it seem the, like that? Like every show is like writes, losing its showrunner. Have the you Jurassic watched? thing? Because didn't he do Jurassic World? Yeah, he did. He's exactly right. Have now you, it wasn't like it was a it was anybody, a good summer film. It was. It was anybody fun. could have done Jurassic World, sir. I agree. Mm, I don't know about that. If you had Chris Pratt, you think so? I don't know. I mean, that's what I thought about Star Wars. Anybody can do Star Wars, and look at the shit that we got with uh, Rise of Skywalker. So. <laughs> Yeah, but J.J. Abrams is a good guy. That is good true. Filmmaker. It wasn't he his could, fault. He still could have pulled that shit off. I know. Well, that was because it was by committee instead of just actually giving some directors. Well, because they gave him a steaming business. pile of crap and said, hey, wrap this exactly. up in a two-hour movie. Oh, we we'll might exactly. give you two and a half hours. There you go. Exactly. He's like, um, but everything I did in the first movie got screwed up in the second one. How am I supposed to bring it all back together? You, you figure it out, J.J. You figure it out, you figure sir. Out, JJ. You figure it out, sir. You can do it. Is it your turn? It's your turn, isn't it? It's my turn. I just went. Did you just go? (laughs) This is Chrononauts. It just sounded like I did. It just sounded like you did. (laughs) Drew shit all over it, and I had to, like, pull it back in. in. Like, it wasn't that bad, sir. Gideon Falls number 20. How long is this going for? I have no idea. Looks like it keeps going, though. Like, these guys even pulled off and did, like, a Joker series, like, on the side. Did they, really? I'm like, this dude must be fast. God. I like the art in this thing, though. But I think it's in particular because of the story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The story's kind of wacky in a lot of ways. and I feel like it's coming to a head. I've thought that for, like, the last five issues. 
So yeah, it's in some slow respects, burn. you know, no, I don't think it is though necessarily. It's slow not really burn. slow it's burn. Just, yeah, it's just just kind of wacky because there's things that go. On. I mean, the things go. The the issues just fly. Yeah. Do you find that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, my gosh, it just flies right through there. The art is incredible. It's like all Lemire stuff is like that. It's I just... mean, it, it's coming along there. You know who the antagonist? I think. Well, I mean, you know, I guess what they're up against in some respects, but you don't the really black know mark. who it is. Well, the black barn and that smiling guy, yeah, you know, type thing. So, and and somebody trying to come from the dark side to take over the world, I guess. But Apparently. Yeah, different worlds and things. Yeah, but I still don't honestly know what's going on. I, have I no guess idea. It's something that would either do with time travel and parallel universes, or both, or something. But I don't know. I like it, but I think that kind of flows into that kind of tiny whiny wackiness that I like in, yeah. in general when it's done well yeah. you know what we were talking about before. unlike Chrononauts unlike Endgame I mean Chrononauts Chrononauts <laughs> <laughs> more Terminator less Endgame there you go maybe I don't know yeah. alright cool yeah Giddens Falls is super it's solid yeah it's pretty that good. is yours I believe oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Have to, I mean I appreciate you like planning to me but. I guess so let's give it back to you what's Scott gonna do with issue <laughs> is it back to me already? We're going fast. I read Outer Darkness Volume Two. Mm. So you've switched Catastrophony, Catastrophony of Hate. Did, I, didn't you have the trade of the first I, one? Yeah, I did. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah I bought single issues. Oh, the first one? No, I bought the trade of the first one. And I bought the trade of the second one. Oh. And here I am. Right. Trade number two. This series is the first one was solid, but like I felt like it had room to run you know like uh -huh. it wasn't quite there second one it's like kicking butt like it's oh, they've got okay. they've got everything established <laughs> and so outer darkness volume two i feel I like finish the review. i feel like Damn. it's really hit its stride and it, there's like you start to see the characters motivations and what's really going on and why they're doing what they're doing and everything's really coming together really well excellent so it i really enjoyed it i thought it's and it leaves on like a pretty big cliffhanger and oh, so fuck. okay and so, yeah, there's more to come, and I feel like uh, the characters are well-established at this point, and I kind of know why they're doing what they're doing, and so I feel like the story's just cranking on. It's just going on all cylinders at this point. So, Because the first one, I, <laughs> first one there was a lot of world-building, and you were kind of trying to figure everything out, but this one, it kind of... Well, and, like, everybody was an asshole as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And that still could be the problem here, everybody but Everybody still kind of is, but no, I think you have some uh, sympathy for the main guy now. He, you know why, kind of why he's an asshole, and that he does have a purpose. Okay. In the past, you didn't really know what his purpose was. That is was, very right? true, yeah. And now you kind of know what his end game is. And so it's just a matter of getting there. Okay. So, yeah, it's good. Ah, cool. Outer Darkness, volume two. Very good. So, I guess I'm going to read John Layman is killing it. Well, I guess they're doing like an Outer Darkness 2 crossover, which I did not buy. Yeah. Maybe it'll be in the next trade. The weird thing is I that bought that. That odd. is weird. Since That's... you don't buy Outer Darkness. I know. Or you don't buy Outer Darkness? No, I don't buy it. You should have. It's a good show. Oh my god, you have Dying in the Dead in that pile? That yeah. series is never going to finish. No, I know. Okay. I thought that was the end of it. Like, I thought <laughs> they finished it. <laughs> did you read this, Dry County? I did not read Dry County. Okay, so... I only read it if there's, like, a spy seal in it. Oh, okay. So, I... For some reason, I'm missing a ton of... Like, I'll miss, <laughs> I'm missing a ton of books from series, so, like, I'll have an issue... Yes. I'll be missing and then an you'll issue. be missing two or three. Or... Well, no, it's one out of like everything. Like I read, um, did you read Bone Parish? Nope. I had 
It's 12 issue series. I had all of them except number 11. This one. You've got all of them except I've, for the last episode. I have one, one, two, four, and five. I'm missing oh, three. One, two. And this is like a murder mystery, so. Oh, wow. It's kinda, well, that kind of hurt your... It made it kind of hard to pick up the last two, but I powered through. But there's like I just figured four or five. Hard, there's yeah. like five or six series like that that I'm missing like an issue out of. It I don't seems know, like every time you hell? come over here, you have something that's missing. I don't know what the hell I've been doing, but anyway, so this is by, um, God, what's that guy's name? He Lou just Rossi? got, no, Rick Tommaso. Oh, Rick Tommaso? Okay. Rich. Rick. Rich, Rich Tommaso. He's done some other books. He did that book Bruce talked about Spice Hill, which I haven't read yet, but I own it, which probably came out before this, so I'm way behind on it. Um, but uh, it's basically there's this guy and he lives in Miami. It's it's like a kidnapping murder, not murder, kidnapping mystery kind of thing. But it's pretty straightforward. Like there's a couple little twists and turns, but I mean it's pretty much just a straightforward it's linear, kind of yeah. story. Hmm. Um, do you know he just got picked up by Inky e. e. Knuckles? I saw that today. Yeah. Um, so I was telling buy his original art. I was telling Scott that uh, I'm missing like issue three, and it's um, like a mystery, like a kidnapping mystery. Well, luckily issue thing. four probably. Well, yeah, I did. I missed the part where the the chick disappeared. But yeah. uh, anyway, so there's this guy. He lives in Miami, I think. He works for the newspaper, and he does a comic book strip. So he's like an artist. And he also does, like, movie reviews. Uh, which he did a movie review for, like, The Doors. <laughs> like, the movie The Doors. The Oliver Stone, Stone did. <laughs> There's, like, a couple other ones. I can't remember what the other ones are, but they're, it's fucking funny. But anyway. It's fucking hilarious. Fucking hilarious. Um, but uh, he, uh, so he, he has no life, really. Like, he has no girlfriend. He has no love life. He has a couple friends, but he basically goes to work, comes home, drinks a beer, sits out on his patio, watches the sunset. Um, and so wow, he goes that out. like the best life ever. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like for us. This guy's like 20, in his 20s. Uh, so he wants to do, uh, he wants to have the other stuff. But anyway, he <laughs> no, goes out to this club. He goes out to the club all the time and he doesn't ever meet anybody and he doesn't have a good time. So he leaves early and he comes back home and he sits down to watch TV and he's like, ah, this is boring. I'm going to go do my laundry. So he's like 11 o'clock on a Friday night, goes down to the bottom of the, or in the apartment to do laundry, and there's this lady, this girl, sitting there that he's never seen. And he's like, ooh, she's kind of nice. So they start talking, and they kind of hit it off. And um, it, it turns out she lives somewhere in a dip, or she lives in a different town or something. She's just there, like, for the weekend visiting friends, but she's in the laundry room at 11 o'clock on a Friday night doing laundry, I guess. Of course she is. <clears throat> but anyway, so... He goes on a date with her. They go out on a date. They go to lunch. Then they go out on a date. And then she like breaks down at the date. like, And she's just like, yeah, she's like, I I used to live in Texas. And the guy I was with was like a bad guy. And so I ran away with this guy. He like helped me escape. But now we're living here. And this guy is not necessarily a bad guy. But he never wants to go out. He basically keeps me at home. And we never go out. We don't do this. And blah, blah, blah. And then... So the guy's like, okay, fine, I'm done with her. Like, that's not going to work out. <laughs> and then he ends up, like, 
losing his job and so she the issue I missed is what happens to her so I guess she got kidnapped like the guy came back from wherever and took her so hmm. the rest of the story is him trying to track her down to try to find her to find out what happened hmm. um, but I mean it's it's a kind of like I didn't it wasn't the greatest thing I ever read, but it was worth reading. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was a solid read. It was a so. solid read, and I kind of dig his art. It's kind of plain, and I don't kinda, know how would how would you describe it? Kind of plain, it's like kind of retro, Clouds a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, I kind of like his stuff um, of what I've read. But you usually read Sp Spice Hill, right? Yeah. Was it any good? Mm, it's alright. It's okay. All right. <laughs> but uh, anyway. <laughs> It's a cool little okay. five issue. Like, it's, a fi it's a little five issue series that. How was that other one? The four. dark was it dark corridor? Yeah, I remember kind of liking it, but yeah. I don't remember very much about it. I don't know, Rich Tomasa. I know, like a lot of people talk about how great he is, and I mean he's very talented, but I don't know if he's quite my thing. But yeah, but anyway, it it was it was okay. If you're just looking for kind of a really quick kind of uh, mystery thingy it's not bad interesting all right i think it's got turned i just have one more oh i have one more i only have like four no i only have like four more, four more. i read the elephant men is this the last one well this is the last of these big volumes yeah as nice. far as i'm aware of so it takes you pretty much up to issue 50 are there any uh, naked paper dolls in the back of this one um no not really this one actually there's not all those extras like the other one i mean it pretty uh, much goes all the way up to there's a couple of little things there about the people and things but I yeah. mean, overall there's not much extras like the other one huh. it's getting all the way up there but there is like some naked chicks and stuff throughout but um any naked rhino or elephants or anything? Don's really be. into the naked rhinos. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Look at, is there? Because I could get into that. Is there? There, there might be. I actually, might read it. Okay. But uh, I don't know. This continues on more with the same thing. I, it tends to be a little bit more linear now than some of the others. I guess I still have the problem with the fact that it seems like nothing ever happens. Is that what the, what it is? Maybe I don't know. It's uh, just, it's such just, a weird book. It's like every time they get somewhere, and it's like it's moving somewhere. It's like they have to recap what happened in the previous, you know, freaking thirty issues or forty issues. Or it's like it's not like just a thing where they put the star and go see Elephant Man such and such. But then they'll like do this whole freaking two page recap, you know. So it's like I know all this shit. Did you really have to take up this time to do that? Because I know that you're now going to have three pages of you know elephant men and women swimming around in a pool or something like this and story going nowhere you know just because they're like we can do this i i don't know i i like this world i like what the, the ideas behind it just sometimes the execution really drives me nuts because out of this thing is what 20 issues i don't know it's not that, yeah. that much it's probably, probably like 10, a dozen eight. yeah 10 to 10 to a dozen yeah. 40 to 49 okay and a so bit you, of 34 Okay, so like I said, <laughs> ten to a dozen, you know, type things, somewhere in there. But you do that, and the only thing I got it's out Todd of this McFarlane math right there. The general gist I got out of this is at the end of the last one, the one chick Sahara was pregnant or something like that. She's still pregnant throughout all this. So I mean, which is good, I guess. I mean, it takes nine months to have a kid or whatever. But still, there's nothing really leading more about it in what her. Uh, what. 
she's got something planned, and it keeps she like trying to like escape or something. Too yeah, exactly. She wants her freedom and things, but yet she's gonna be married to one of these guys, and I just don't get it. And it all leads up to the fact that they're going to go to the moon, and yet something happened on Mars as well, but it doesn't really tell you what. You know, it's that's where Veronica lives. Veronica Mars, yeah, possibly, but uh, I don't know. It's. <laughs> I, yeah. I think I think you hit the nail on the head. I feel like I read ten issues of it, and I'm pretty much back to the place I started from in some respects, and just don't feel like book. I'm really moving too far. And then you'll have little like this one issue that just moves shit along really fast, and it it feels like I'm watching The Walking Dead back in the day, you know, or something like that, or maybe even reading The Walking Dead, in which there's like ten issues of what the fuck they're doing just wandering around the forest and then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose and a bunch of people die and whatever. It's kind of the same type of thing here. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's such a it's such a cool world and it's got such, so many cool things going for it but then it's like... The execution. I almost just nice. want like a like a linear narrative of some kind for something to happen. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And just... And you're 49 issues in you're like... I, I still don't know... I couldn't summarize what's happened at the, like a plot linear wise. Like, oh yeah. Like narrative wise, I couldn't tell you what's even happened. Yeah. It's just all over the place. Well, it is all over the place. I mean, at least at this point, they're to that point which okay, you got elephant men living in the world. People want them dead, it appears, and one of them's getting married to a human that seems to be having a kid, and there's still some type of weird damn flu that was out there. That seems to be a bit of a mystery that can kill humans. It is. That kills humans, but it doesn't kill the elephant men. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but it, they do have all these little threads that they can just pull on a little bit. And they, that's what they do. They pull a little bit, and then they go to this other one, you know, and pull a little bit. And, and none of them really tie. <laughs> it's almost like ADD it. or something. It's the Chris Claremont. No, right. it's not. No. When he did the X-Men. No. He would make 500 threads and never finished one yeah yeah but you have like a main story and then you have like a few little threads like epilogue in the back mm -hmm. but this is not like that yeah i wanted to ask you something you said kind of reminded me of it but i got a couple things so did you watch the todd mcfarlane kayfabe me yes yeah what did you Scott? think of it? Kayfabe. What is that? Well, I love it when they get these people to interview and the person so, just rambles for an hour and they yeah, barely exactly. get to ask any questions. So, Cartoonist Kayfabe, it's a podcast on YouTube. It's a video podcast on hmm. YouTube that... Um, Jim Rugg and Ed Piscopo. Jim Rugg and Ed Piscopo. And they got an interview with Todd McFarlane. Cool. Um, that should be fun. Yeah. It, was, it was very interesting. I enjoyed Todd McFarlane. There were... A, I do too, but man... Like you said, they ask him a question, and he talks for 30 minutes about something, and it doesn't even make sense sometimes about what he's talking about. And, like, I respect Todd McFarlane. Like, obviously, the guy is very talented. Frankenstein never scared me. But, uh... My but, man, do. Because they're fast. Because <laughs> they're fast. <laughs> it's a Well, no, it's from, uh... Oh. It was Kevin Pollock when they were somebody was interviewing him one time and he oh, Kevin Pollock right. does impressions the yes. celebrity impressions and he's like oh yeah Christopher Walken whenever you interview him he just yeah. tells whatever the hell is the first thing in his mind and there's <laughs> he's like ask that? me a question and they're like uh well, how are you doing and tell us a little bit about your new movie. He's like Frankenstein never scared me. And they're like, huh. 
Okay, well, uh, you know, yeah, well, well, uh, could you go into a little bit more depth of the new film, you know? But marsupials do. And then they're like, okay, well, whatever this. And he's like, because they're fast. You know, but he did it all in the Christopher Walken, you know, yeah, voice. I mean, he's funny. like spot on. So Which, anytime somebody says about you know stuff where people like don't really ask the question and they just go off on their own tangent, I always think of that skit that Kevin Pollock did because he said that's what he Christopher Walken acts. I you, thought Todd McFarlane have kind you of answered the question. Ever seen? Have you guys ever seen the uh, the interview with um, Samuel Jackson where the guy mistakes him for Lawrence Fishburne? <laughs> I think I have, but have I don't remember that? too. Oh well. my god, you have to look that up. It's so up. hilarious because uh, the guy's like, he's he's interviewing. I love Jim Boys in the Hood. He's interviewing <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson, and they're doing like a promo. It's like on E Entertainment Tonight or something, and they're doing like a promo for RoboCop. And uh, the guy's like, "Yeah, so uh, what was that like having that Super Bowl commercial?" And Samuel L. Jackson's like. Wasn't in any Super Bowl commercial. He's like, "Are you talking about? Lawrence? You do know that I'm not Lawrence Fishburne, right?" <laughs> He's like, "Not all of it, you know. I know you think we all look the same, but we're not the same." He's like, "So and so, James Earl Jones does this commercial, and this guy does this commercial. I'm this guy." And he's like going off on this guy, and the guy's like, oh, I feel so horrible. He's like, I'm so sorry. He's like, so let's talk about RoboCop. And he's like, oh, hell no. We ain't talking about RoboCop. And I mean, he just rips this dude to shreds. It is freaking hilarious. He was anyway, in RoboCop? I guess. Like the new one? I guess. The remake. I don't remember. I don't I remember him either. That movie is very forgettable. But anyway. So, yeah. So, like, the Todd McFarlane right, thing. Todd McFarlane review. Was. Cartoonist Kayfabe. Yeah, it was just, awesome. I enjoyed Todd McFarlane. It was, I could listen to him talk for hours. I thought I could. <laughs> Until then. Until this. I mean, it was... What didn't you like? <sighs> that, okay, so... Do you feel like he's full of himself? Yes, very much full of himself. Of course he is. He he's Todd McFarlane. Probably should be, but... He's got like 80 million, 100 million about, dollars. Okay, now that's the other huge thing that I want to talk about after it. This dude has so much money. Yeah. Why the hell is he kickstarting a spawn action figure? Can't he make his own damn action figure? Why yeah, does he have to kickstart Kickstarter is it? not about making money. It's about like it's the best more way to it's uh, a way to like uh, promote, get promotion. Yes, it's a promotion your... tool. Well, if you listen to Todd McFarlane, Spawn is like the number three. Yeah, it's the number one. It's one fifty, but it's number one. Yeah. Because the top 150 are already gone. Correct. And he makes so a good he's point. Number one, he does make a good point. But because all I'm that IP is, is already taken. If he makes a spawn action figure, it's going to sell. Yeah. So why does he... He doesn't need the publicity. He doesn't need the... Kick, Kickstarter is not... I don't know. As, as someone who kickstarts a lot of board games, it's really not about kickstarting a game 90% of the time. Sometimes it is. But a lot of times it's just about, it's more of a marketing selling tool. It's more like a pre-sale type thing. It really is. It's trying to gauge. And you could do it on your website and do like a pre-sale, like uh, Mondo does with like their prints or whatever. But I think it's Kickstarter more of a gauge is just a platform. The it's a way yeah. to engage your audience. You engage the audience, you find yeah. out what they're really interested in, and yeah. it's a pre-sale tool in yeah. some respects. It really is. Oh. And that's what he's using. It's just weird that he's at the toy fair, and he's got, here's all the... Because I watched his videos of him live at the Toy Fair. Yeah, I didn't watch he's, those. He's like, here we've got all the Fortnite figures that we're making. Here's all the Freddy, Five Nights at Freddy figures that we're making. 
Here's all the DC action figures that we're making. Here's all the X action figures that we're making. And here's the Spawn, the retro. We're going back. We're doing the originals, but we're redoing them. But it's going to be a Kickstarter. Yeah. I don't know. He's, he's tipping his toe in the Kickstarter. He, uh, he is. I don't know. The, he, like seems to con he seems to almost contradict himself sometimes when he talks. because, And the thing with the record... The world record, the 300 oh, yeah. books, mm -hmm. like that irritates me a little bit too because well, he didn't write. Yeah, I loved when a he rug didn't... came at him, and and he like pushed back. I don't know. That was funny. Yeah, <laughs> funny because rug was like, well, he's like, well, I'm I'm doing this comic. I don't know why you're saying I'm not. It's right. Like, well, he has written the whole thing. He wrote it under a pseudonym, I guess. Yeah, he wrote it under a pseudonym, and even and when he got Brian him. Wood to write it, he was. He's he was so hands on that Brian would quit. It's got to be iffy though. His name is not on every. That's because he used a pseudonym. But even with the issues without the pseudonym, his name is not given in the credits. Because he didn't write. He didn't but write. But even the, when he wasn't writing it, I think he was behind the scenes, kind of steering the story. Would you yeah, say that? It's just really. If, I get it, but it's really iffy for him to go. Because Haberlin was writing it for a while, wasn't he? I mean, it depends on what he's saying. The record is. Is it just an independent comic book, like the longest running independent comic book, or is it the Dave Sim? Or is it the Dave Sim record of I've written? No, I think it's a creator-owned longest-running comic book. Yeah. Longest-running comic book, not... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I, I see that. Yeah. I don't think he's saying that I did all the work for 300-some issues. Or but then at some point, he's But like, I think he is kind of saying that, well, even though my name wasn't in the credits every... I mean, I was there I making that book happen. Right. No, no, no. I mean, and I get he that. He was like the producer. At I least always thought it was wasn't. like the Kirby was 100. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the Kirby too. drew 100 issues. Yeah. And, you know... Uh, Eric Larson has 250, and Dave Sim has 300 issues. Yeah, of... and even Dave Sim one is questionable because Gerhard right. was doing some of it. No, so I, I mean, it. it's I mean, it it's all there's always an asterisk or whatever, you yeah. know. But I, mean, I mean, I don't know. It's like a part of. I mean, I I sort of get tired of listening to him. Uh, yeah, I, didn't, I thought it was entertaining. I did, but yeah, and it's like he was when he was talking about numbering. Like he's so fixated on the numbers. He's like, he is. Yeah, he's like, oh, Marvel. Everybody rebooted their book now. Spawn is the highest numbered comic book yeah. on the stands. He's like, why would I ever give that up? And then he's like, no, I'm never gonna do. I'm never gonna do a number one because then it sets me back, and then I get to start all over. But I am gonna do like at some point, I'm gonna do like a 303, and I'm gonna put a number one in a corner, so it's gonna be 303 and a number one on there. And I'm like, dude, you're having your cake and you're eating it too. Yeah, that's what he's. That's his point. <laughs> but that's what I think he's saying. I think that's what he's saying. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's just. It's just hilarious though the way he, but it was it was interesting. And then um, I'm just like, dude, you shouldn't go that long without eating or drinking or going to the right because that's that your kidneys are gonna jack up. <laughs> right. As someone who's had kidney stones, that is not a good plan, dude. I don't know. That's, that's gonna. I've trained my body that I don't have to leave the table. I can sign for fifteen what? hours. And nothing never... goes in. Nothing comes out. I'm like. <laughs> Which, that's great. I love that. You know what I mean? Like, he's got the right, you know, I mean, like, that's yeah. the right attitude to have. But. And I thought he had good advice for people, like, you know. He it's did. Like, well, I liked it when he told people, it's like, do a run, man. Don't just do, like, onesies, twosies. Like, actually have a body of work, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because so many young creators are like, well, yeah. It's like, no, like, go and just create. Because he's like, 
people still bring me Spider-Man comics to sign. You know what I mean? It's because I have a body of work yeah. that people are familiar with. And people may not read Spawn, but they remember me from Spider-Man. They remember me from Hulk. From it. You know, yeah. Infinity Inc., it doesn't matter. The point is I have like a body of work of where yeah. I worked on stuff. And so that helps that where a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. No, I, I really I did really like his his story about how he started the toys. That was kind of cool too. Yeah. And he's he's also kind of humble. I mean, he's obviously he's like, you know, you got to have luck. Like you just have to yeah. have dumb luck. And well, then it was, he had luck, but I mean, he also busted his ass and he yeah, also exactly. Well, that's true too, through. but I mean like I mean, with the toys. Well, he took a risk, you know. Yeah, he, he took a, a risk. Things. Well, with image, yes. But it was interesting because I, I think even with the toys he did. Right, too. he did, but he was saying about the toys, it was dumb luck. Like he got lucky because the young dude that was the yeah, assistant correct. knew what Spawn was, and he was in the position to buy it. Yeah, and it was hilarious because he's like, he's like, can you get me? Can you get it to me at this price? And can you get it to me by this date? <laughs> and Todd's like, yeah. They didn't have anything done, and he's like, "I have no idea." He's like, but "I don't know then, if I can hit that price." Or I don't know if I can hit that price or that date, but I'm going to tell the guy that's asking me yes. <laughs> and he's like, "And so then I get to go back to Walmart, and I go, hey, guess guess who's buying my stuff? You want in?'" And Toys like, R Us yeah. is buying it. Do you guys want it? Oh, like, well, Toys R Us is buying it. And then it. I go to Target, and I'm like, "Hey." Walmart, Walmart and Toys R Us are buying this. You want it? They're like, great. Yeah, we'll take it. We can't let them get the edge. So he's like, so yeah, what are you saying? But yeah, I mean, it was dumb. You know, that was dumb luck. That was he's in a room with four people. But you got to put yourself in a position to get lucky. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it was it was it was interesting. But I yeah. don't know. He just it was it was good. I just I, I can't remember what Rug the, asked him. He asked him something like He asked him at some point you stepped away from the comics to focus on toys. Yeah. Which was and, a legitimate And he question. pushed back. He said, Well, I never stepped away from the comics. Well, yeah, you did, Todd, because you stopped drawing <laughs> the damn thing and well, yeah, focused but, on toys. But he was like, but, it's he's like, like, but I'm still writing and I'm still making it happen. I'm right. still, and that's what his but, point was that he's still Right. Involved in the comics. But Jim Rugg was, from what I understand, I Jim know. Rugg was really wanting to know, like, what was going on in your mind? Like, what made you switch gears from putting 100% of your focus into a comic book to putting 100% of focus into toys? His you know point was I mean? he never put 100% in the toys. Right. He was still put, doing 50 on the comic and 50 on the toys. Yeah. And I think that's where he took offense or umbrage, and he kind of right. pushed back a little bit, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, it was but like, funny. But, I mean, it's funny because from us outside, we're like, yeah, he's not doing anything on Spawn, and he's doing all this stuff on toys. So from the fan standpoint, we're like, yeah, you abandoned us, Todd. But from Todd's mind, it's like, well, no. I mean, I make no money on this comic, but yet I'm still putting a lot of effort into it. And But yet from the outside, people look like I'm not doing anything on the right. comic when actually... Yeah, realistically, I shouldn't be doing anything on the comic, but for some reason, I'm still doing this comic. But the you thing know? that, and so I thought that was interesting. Well, the thing that also, um, it was interesting. I was watching, I was listening to watching the they do a, de a, a decompression or a, they do a after the interview. Yeah, they did. A, yeah. Did you watch that? I did not. Oh, well, it was interesting because they're like, they're like Todd McFarlane is so interesting because he hit lightning in a bottle twice. Yeah, <laughs> like. <laughs> He hit lightning in a bottle with the comic book. Comic itself. And then, bam, he turned around. Like They're like, most people don't even do it once in their lifetime. And this dude did it 
twice. And but he also blew millions of dollars on a baseball on, that's on baseball. virtually on worthless because right after he bought it, then steroids. Some, well, and then somebody broke the record like a few years later anyway. He bought all of them. He bought them all. Anyway. He bought yeah, all of those. Balls. I know. And when you've got three hundred, but the first one you bought, and then Sammy Sosa breaks it like a couple of years later, it's like, well, is that other one even that Barry Bonds? When you've got three hundred million, yeah. you can you know drop eight on a baseball. Yeah. So. I guess. Anyway, that's what I'm saying. It's like, wow, more power to him. <laughs> all right, sorry. I just I I I thought that was interesting enough to talk about, but the thing that really that pissed me off was that pissed you so. Off. Remember when I did the reviews and I was like 297 and 298 were basically like a recap of the like he wasted two issues of yeah. the whole series and then he like explained why he did it when he's like oh we got to make 300 he's like 300's not the book the 301's the book but how do you get people to buy up to the 300 that's what you do you do 297 you do 298 you do those as recaps of the whole series so that people can jump in and then then you buy 299 and it's a three part story that goes to 300 and then you leave 300 on a cliffhanger well no shit Todd <laughs> then you gotta come back and buy 301 and then you got a five part story you got everything you need it's like right there five <laughs> five books 300 301 great he's got it thought through man I wasted six dollars eight dollars on you read. weren't the audience he was trying to get new people to buy it right, so isn't that over? All right. <laughs> no. Talk to us about The Dying and the Dead. Okay. Dog. So How tough. awesome that book is. I've read four through six of Dying and the Dead. Six issues came out of this? Dying and the Dead. Yeah, they got they came out with six. So hmm. the art's amazing. Yes. Amazing. Bodenheim, he's amazing. Oh. Yeah. Like, okay. I don't know, just some of the detail. But anyway. No, he is amazing. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck he's been doing for the last five years. He's probably been drying, dying. I know he was taking some commission requests. I'm like, why don't you get off your commission request and draw the fucking dining room? Draw the book. And like then this? He, well, now he's doing another series instead. The detail on God that damn, is just insane. Now he's like, doing like another series instead of this. He's doing something for like Valiant. That panel right there. I know it's pretty gory, but man. And then the dude's hand right there. Like, it, like what's happening? Okay, so. Why is that book not coming out? Oh, What's that? Okay, do you guys remember anything about like this book at all? Yeah, he's like going, looking for the dead. He's going to the world of the dead. But and like, then you get to the end of five, which I have up to six. And at the end of five, it says, to be preview of the next three issues. Of the next three? Right. Huh? And only, wow. you only get six. I don't remember oh. getting this, man. And this came out like in 2017. So. What year is it? <laughs> 2020? Yeah, 2020. These are three years old, and we're still waiting on the next Here's what I want to know. But, okay, you don't even talk about the story? I don't give a shit. <laughs> I want to know. Do you own this as well? Yeah, I think so. I don't care. Remember, it's been since so it's 2017. It's been three years. <laughs> so, Bodenheim, like, drew, like, a couple issues, and then he took, like, a year break, and then he came back and did some more, and they solicited the rest, but they canceled all those. I haven't seen him do much other than covers. How does that dude eat? Like, he's not cranking any workout. Maybe he's doing storyboards. He lives in, like, North Carolina or some crap. He's not even on the West Coast. Maybe he works at UPS. I don't know. I don't know either. Like, what is he doing? And then he's, like, going to do, like, another book now, like, with Valiant or something. Or something like that. Every once in a while I look him up. He doesn't post a lot. He doesn't want me to ask it. But... Like, Dude, how are you one, making a living? How does he eat? <laughs> Two, 
why is he not doing this book? Like, is Hickman not giving scripts? Did Hickman have like a brain fart? It's like, yeah, I kind of lost focus. Maybe, like, um, maybe he has a rich wife. He must. Maybe she's a freaking corporate God. executive and he's just <laughs> are you raising st- the kids. I don't know. Are you still watching Thumptown? Yes. Are you caught up? Yes. Uh, Did you watch the one with the wedding? Yes. <laughs> that when she's sitting there talking to this sister, she's like, well, she's going to lose all of her shares. She's like, she's basically throwing away $125 million. And she's like, <laughs> she does like this spit take or whatever. I was like, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that show's good, right. man. You can talk about Dying in the Dead if you want. I, I, does, does the story matter? It's not going to ever finish. We're never going <laughs> to know how it ends. What is the overall gist of this? I don't even remember. I think you talked so about like this, some, but it was probably three like years ago. Weird, Ghosty, creepy people that like come. Okay, so three to six, I can tell you what happened in three to six. I have no <laughs> idea what ha- or four to six. I have no idea what happened in one to three, because yeah. it's probably been ten years since I read one, two, and three. But uh, so it starts out, and these people come, and they're like gods or something. I don't know, but so then we pick up on this band of like uh, merry travelers. Well, yeah, but it's like set in World War Two. They're like a, oh. a, a a unit, like a commando unit, like kind of like a a high strike, like secretive team or whatever. All right. And so they get these sealed orders, and they go up into a plane, and they're like, "Okay, don't open these up until you, you're not supposed to open up this orders until you land." But if I were you, I'd open them up on the plane. And that's like the general telling them. And so they get up there, and they're on the plane, and. Of course, they're arguing, well, I think we should open them now. And they're like, well, he said we should open them. So they open them, but they don't ever show you what it is. Well, they end up landing on a, they land in, on, on Japan. Okay. And so they have and a they battle. No, they don't all die. They have a battle. And then as they're walking away in five, you see uh, the bomb, well, you see the mushroom cloud from Hiroshima. Okay. So then the sixth issue focuses on uh, Emperor, is it Hirohito? Whoever the emperor is of Japan during World War II. I can't, I don't know his name. But basically, I guess he has like a secret weapon or he has like a weapon or he has something that he's supposed to trade with those gods or whatever Hmm. to make him emperor of the world or something. So there's like this, and then... They show them, like, they go to make the trade. They're there to, like, steal whatever that is, I guess. Okay. And so they sneak into the tent to try to steal it, and the dude's there, and then they find out that Hirohito didn't even, or whatever, didn't even bring it because he was going to double-cross these other people. Of course. So, and that's kind of where it ends, I guess, um, because that's all I remember. But it would be interesting to go back and read the first three to see what happens or Up what, to that point. What led to it? What led, led to it, this. but I guess it's a World War II story. I believe these three are like all flashback anyway. The first three were not. Oh. They're totally different. Okay, well then these are It's flashback. like when this guy's an old man and he's going to like look for his dead wife or something in the dead world or something. Hmm. Okay. I don't even remember, dude. It's been so long. And like three issues came out or two issues came out and three more came out. And it's like now it's been three years and nothing's gotcha. come out. All right, well, I'll, I guess I'll probably just talk about 
Can I do one? Oh, I thought or you were done. Are you gonna I thought you were done. Do I get another one, or are you just going to keep going? I was going to keep going. He was going to keep going, because he thought you were done. And I was going to do one more, and then I was going to be done. But yes, go, please. I thought you were done. I got all caught up, so I reread something. Ooh, what'd oh you my read? God, you got Rising Stars. Oh my God. How really? did that hold up? Pretty good. Really? So. I did like that back in the day. Yeah, it's, it's pretty Straczynski, good. Straczynski, man. Straczynski. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so, Rising Stars is there's like something comes in the sky and gives all these people who are in Euro while this light flashes over this town, they all get superpowers. So, there's this like 113 kids who all have superpowers. And so they kind of all get raised together and it kind of starts out with uh it kind of starts out with like a watchman thing where someone's killing the specials or whatever you know well they quickly figure out that when one that their energy their powers are finite and as they use them they get dissipated so someone figures that out that when you kill one their power then gets distributed to the rest so somebody's killing them there can only off be one. or whatever can be only one. and so anyway it starts out it's kind of like a watchman thing like who's killing every the best specials type of the superheroes or whatever type of thing but then, so, this book has such a cool idea, and it's fairly well executed, but they switches artists so many times. Mm-hmm. Like, it starts with Ku Cha, who does, like, two issues, and then I think Christian Zanier takes over, and he does some issues, and then during the second trade, he flips off, and then Brent Anderson takes over, and he does, he, like, finishes the thing out. So the Brent first... E. Anderson. Brent E. Anderson. Brent Anderson. I don't know where the E came from. But anyway, so it starts out, they're trying to figure out who killed They figure that out. Well, then it turns out, like, uh, it shifts, like, ten years later. Like, mm-hmm. one of the specials has gone crazy and, like, taken over Chicago. Like, totally taken over the whole town. And so then the rest of them decide that they have to go. They get, like, uh, they're kind of outcasts at this point. But the government can't do anything about them because they're so powerful. And so um, they get, like, a, what do you call it, amnesty if they go take Chicago back. So then the second trade is mostly about them trying to take Chicago back from one of the ones that went bad and kind of figure out everything that happened. And then the third one is where it gets really interesting. It kind of pulls, like, a Squadron Supreme type of thing where, well, what if we kind of just made the world a better place? Like, with all this power, what if we just used our power to just, you know, solve all the world's problems type of thing and so one guy decides like he's gonna gather up all the nuclear weapons and store them where nobody can get them and they're gone so nobody has nuclear weapons anymore actually interestingly enough he like leaves every country with one nuclear weapon right so everybody's got one but nobody has more than one type of thing and then uh you know they figure out how to like solve the middle east you know and so like they're solving all these were and i was thinking like uh didn't they bringing into famine or something there yeah so like he brought all the like fertile land out of the ground and like brought it to the surface so like now there's great land to like do agriculture and stuff you know and then like one guy totally takes out like the cocaine trade in colombia and like stops the drug trade and so it's cool and then it does have this cool like indian where like you know it kind of comes full circle and you kind of figure out what really happened and why it happened and how the cycle kind of repeats type of thing so i don't know i thought it held up really well i thought it worked pretty well like i said if they could have just got one artist to just consistently do the whole thing this book would have been 10 times better well i'm probably come out but, on a regular basis at that point too, yeah because i, I mean the freaking i just read it in trades it, it must have been oh, sporadic yeah, yeah. yeah but, it um, was very sporadic and, and that's why i think between trades especially it feels really disjointed a little bit because it does well even within the trade because the artists change and brent anderson as much as i like the guy he has a totally different style than Kuchar or Christian Zanier, who's more like sort of a J. Scott Campbell guy, and you got Brent Anderson, who's like 
Brent Anderson. And it's like, well, that really changes the tone of the book. Well, it you changes know? the tone. And sometimes, I mean, you get used to the way that characters lurk a certain way. Yeah. And then when you start changing it around, it just gets, is that the same, really the same one, you know? And yeah, too. definitely. So, but I really enjoyed it. It came together pretty well. I, I think it's a really solid book. I just wish they could have the same artist throughout. He's doing um, a new book. Yeah, I ordered that. I ordered it. The Resistance. I ordered it too, but on the website that I order my comics through, it's very hard to find because it's not listed. And yeah. And you have to like search for it. And um, then even then it's hard to freaking find. Hmm, I don't understand weird. why it's not listed under the... Publisher? Uh, yeah, under the publisher. It's like thing. AWA is the publisher. It's like some new publisher. Yeah. But I've had trouble ordering the first... Because mm-hmm. I pre-ordered the first two issues, but I really had to work at it to get it. <laughs> to the point with issue two, I was almost like, F it. I guess I won't buy it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because Straczynski is very obsessed with this idea of superheroes and like how they would really affect the world. Like He did a similar thing in Supreme Power. You know, like He mm-hmm. explored the same themes. And this new series looks like it's kind of a similar yeah. type thing. And it's like he really is interested in that idea, and he keeps kind of just trying to figure out how to do it perfectly. You know what I mean? It's like he read, he read Squadron Supreme and wanted to like perfect that story, and he keeps kind of dancing around it yeah. until he gets closer and closer to making it perfect. Did you, it's cool that did, were you did you meet him? Yeah, I met him. Okay, I knew I did. I couldn't remember if you were with me when we did yeah. it together or if you were off somewhere. But it's just kind of cool because like. You know, Babylon 5 is probably, like, when it was on, it was, like, my favorite show. It still is a really good show. The It, it doesn't age very well with, it like... It with the special with effects. With the special effects. And some of the other but, stuff. But, but yeah. the storyline is yeah. solid. Like, it's a great story. Yeah. And it's just kind of cool to think, oh, whatever, 10, 10 years ago, like, I actually met him. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? You got to talk to him, and it was, yeah, he's it's cool. cool. Dude. Well, that was the main thing I think I remembered about it, though, too, because it seems like... The first arc, it was a bit of a, it, it was pretty particular in a linear yeah. type of method, but mm-hmm. it like was almost in, in the overall reaching of things now, the whole thing, almost a slow burn. It was so yeah. centered on this one like little storyline, you mm-hmm. know, type of thing. And then he really gets branching out to more of a, yeah. a, a overall world, I guess, type thing that's in there and never really gets a, a lot of a chance though to, to really concentrate on some of that to your point yeah. I think, as well and they just, did some... i think i felt like in the third one in particular it was like well shit i better wrap all this up you know yeah it still is it really good it doesn't feel as much as that as you go back and read it now like it feels a little more on purpose or whatever does it that's good but the art changes are jarring and yeah it kind of makes you wonder what the it just felt like to me was. when i read it at the time it was so strong at the beginning yeah. And then the end, you know, as it went on, it got a little weaker each time. And it still was satisfying. It just wasn't as strong as that lead in. It's hard to say because, I mean, like, it's so funny because as it gets serious towards the end, Brent Anderson's doing the art and he's like the Astro City guy, you know? Yeah. And it makes the book feel kind of like Astro City, City, you know, because it starts having that heavier theme. Yeah. Whereas the beginning, it's more like a little more kind of, you know, fun, action y or whatever. Yeah, that's very you know? true. Yeah. And so. It just shows you how important art is in a book and how it can set the tone. So, anyway, interesting. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I hadn't read it since, like, I think it's. Oh, when did that come out, out anyway? It had to be, uh, what, was, the early 2000s? Uh, yeah, it had to at least be. Actually, it is, um, yeah, copyright 2000, I think so. Wow. So, right at 2000. 20 years old now. 
Okay, I'd really like to know what happened, what the story is behind this. They and got sued. Can, and oh, did they? Well, they <laughs> well, there's like a dead rabbit was well, like uh, copyrighted or trademarked or something. Oh, so was they had it? To change the title. So I bought well, there's dead rabbit. I bought. I dead think there's rabbit. like there's like there's like a band or a somebody who like had the uh, trademark to that and they couldn't name it Dead Rabbit. So I bought Dead Rabbit number one and Dead Rabbit number two. Yeah. And then, it and, then to... and then they changed to Dead Eyes. Is it the same thing? Yeah, it's the same thing. So you bought it twice. I bought it twice with a different name on it. Oh wow. So one and two of Dead Eyes is exactly the same. That's. One and two. Dead, dead rabbit, rabbit. One and you'd two. You'd think they would have just did three and four as dead eyes. You would think, but they didn't. Well, they got you to buy it twice. <laughs> they got me to buy it twice. So <laughs> If you have all of these, don't you? I do. I have all of them. This is I why you miss one. This is why you read solicitations. Um, it's actually really good. I really like it. Um, so it's really good. I support those. Well, I guys. like Jerry Dugan and John McCurry. So <laughs> yeah, seems good. I'm like, so I I'm sit there and read Dead Rabbit. And I'm like, I'm reading Dead Rabbit, number one, number two, and I'm like... Oh. How did you even make the connection that's the same book? <laughs> dead Rabbit, Dead Eyes. Oh, you did, did it. He that's like, why he's got it. Man, I wish this series had, like, in, had finished, and then you read Dead Eyes. It's like, yeah, and then this I is familiar. Open, I crack open Dead Eyes, Are and you I'm doing like, alphabetical like, order? I was. Well, why don't you read Dead Eyes first? Because that's E-Y-E-S. Maybe I did read Dead Eyes first, and then I went to Dead Rabbit, and, and I'm like, like I, already, I just thing. read this. It's the same thing. I did. It was alphabetical. So I read Eyes first, and then I read Rabbit. And I'm like, what the hell? I just read this. And then hey, I looked, can I have and your I'm one like, and two of Dead Rabbit? And I'm like, Dead Rabbit came out before Dead Eyes. I was like, what is going on here? But anyway, it's a really good book, so I'm glad I bought it. Twice. I'll support these guys. Cool. All right. Um, <laughs> okay, so it's about this guy. That is like guy. a great story. I, it, I, I, that's it, it's fun to be me, Scott. <laughs> never, never let people down. This is great. Um, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> Are you going to talk about that, the rest yeah. of this one first? <laughs> yes. So there's a there's a uh, dead eyes. Apparently, he was probably dead rabbit in the first book, but uh, he was like a masked criminal, bad guy. Um, like 20 years ago. So the story starts out, it's like the 20-year or 10-year, whatever, anniversary, the last time he's been seen. And it's like mm. on the news and stuff. But he's retired, and he's just living a normal life. But his wife is like really sick. Like she's in a wheelchair. and He's actually got like a real job. Like he's out working it. Like he's like the greeter at Walmart or whatever. They don't call it Walmart, but it's like the big box store, blah, blah, That's blah. That's kind of and uh, he's in there work, running the cash cashier, and he sees this guy come in, and he's... He's, he's running the cashier or running the cash register? He's running the cash register. Oh, okay. He's, he's cash... He, he is the cashier. Cashier. He is even more than a greeter. Well, he's not normally doing that, but uh, he gets on there because he sees this guy walking I by. I was with, supposed to be here today. He sees... Well, he's working, but he sees this guy, and he's got a cart full, and he's got, like... The trash bags and the bleach and the sweet. So he knows that this guy's getting rid of a body, right? I'm gonna go to Walmart and just buy to, like a trash bag because he used to do this. And so he he bumps the. He's like, "Hey, Cindy, the boss needs to see you like right now." And so he ends up checking the guy out oh. because he wants to see who the guy is because he's gonna follow him and go to his house and take this guy out because he's like a good guy now, I guess, or whatever. 
But uh, anyway, so he gets the guy's credit card, and he's like, oh, our credit card machine's down. He's like, cash only. And the guy's like, well, I don't have any cash. He's like, F this place, and he just leaves. So then he goes to the place and ends up, I think he kills the guy or beats him up or whatever, and he comes back home, and his wife's like, uh, where you been? And he's like, oh, I was, uh, you know, working. And she's like, you got blood on you. And he's like, yeah. So anyway, there's this big rumor that, like, his final heist, like, he ripped off this mob guy and made all this money. But he never ripped off the mob guy, and he doesn't have all this money. So, so apparently his wife has all these medical bills, so he decides, well, I'm going to go rob a bank so that I can pay off her medical bills. And so he gets in touch with, like, his old wheel man, his old guy that, that was his getaway driver. Who's that kid again? He's old now, and he's like, yeah, let's go do one more job. And so the guy's like, fine. Well, he goes in to rob the bank, and the dude's sitting out there, and he's got a... He gets fucking wasted waiting in the car and <laughs> drinking. Mm-hmm. He gets wasted. And so when he comes out, He's like, the cops are right behind him, and he can't, the dude's wait, passed out to drive. So he kind of pushes him over to the side, and he starts driving. Got a car chase, he ends up hitting a building, and he, that dude flies out the windshield, and now he's all fucked up. So he takes him to the hospital, <laughs> and now he's got another guy that he's got to pay for. So he ends up, every, the people have been talking, and this, this gangster is like, oh, he's back. Like, they've cited him now. He's like, we're going to kill him because he took all my money. Well, he finds out that another dude, like, double... One of the guys that worked for the gangster double-crossed him, took the money, and blamed it on him. And that guy's gone now. So he's like, "There's got that money's got to be somewhere. And so he actually comes with a, up with a plan to go and find the money that he supposedly stole. Which was the big score or whatever. And that's... I think it's an... I'm pretty sure it's ongoing. and It left off right around there. But it's a pretty cool, interesting story. McRae's art's really cool. Um, I'm not, like, a huge, huge fan of, like, Jerry Duggan as a writer. Like... Because, I mean, I've read some stuff of his, but I don't, like, follow him around. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. But it's a pretty good book. I enjoyed it. Cool. And I can't wait... I can't wait till they rename it. They had one <laughs> guy six more issues that I'll buy. They had one guy design the logo for Dead Rabbit, mm-hmm. and when they did, they changed the name to Dead Eyes. They did not rehire that guy. They got someone else to design the logo for Dead Eyes. Mm. Okay. Wow, you were just full of trivia. I on think this that's one. interesting. Um, you think they were pissed off because the guy didn't just, do his like his uh, due diligence on the Dead Rabbit logo? I read. Um, Oh, I thought you were only doing one more. I got caught up on Deadly Class. I just want to... Deadly Class is awesome. Cool. The art's great. Someday I'll read that. They moved into 89 now. They got out of 88, and now oh, they're into 89. They're almost in the 90s. Huh? They're getting close to the 90s. You read Dead Deadly Class, don't you, Scott? I did read uh, the first trade. Oh, that's all you've read maybe the, the first trade. Yeah, the first, first couple. Was it the first two, maybe? I never bought anything after that. So you had the first two, though? I think Okay, so. then I probably read the first two. I wonder if Mikey Way is Gerard Way's brother. Might be. Maybe it's his son. he's a young animal. It's probably his son. I don't <laughs> think Gerard Way has a son. If he does, he's like two. So this is just, it's called Collapser. Why are we still... And this is just, it's a six-issue 
want done. It's like done. I mean, I guess they could do a volume two or whatever, but it's like just six issues right now. Collapsing. Um, Collapsing. So it's kind of interesting. So this guy, he's he uh, his he's knows no parents and he works. Well, he didn't really do Deadly Class. He just yeah, said, he, I and I, you were looking at Collapser. It is kind of an interesting book. It is kind of cool. Um, so, basically, he gets sent this. He gets sent a black hole in a box. Of course. And so, is. like, the black hole goes into his body. Interesting. And so, like, he has a black hole inside him. That doesn't work like that. Huh? Nothing. But it, it comes to find out that, like, his dad, who he never knew, is a black hole. Well, he did. He went searching for this black hole and got it. And with the black hole, he, like, basically, like, took over this other planet and was, like, this dictator. Hmm. Like, this evil ruler dictator on this planet. I don't because think he had they the know what a black hole black is. Hole. Well, the power of black hole they will not let you take over a planet. And you can't put it well, inside you. This, in well, according this, to this, you Mikey don't know Wade, what a black hole is, sir. Mikey Wade is the younger brother of. Oh, wow! wow. So brother. apparently, if you're a rock star and you start your own imprint at DC Comics, you, you just hire your brother to write. According to this, mm-hmm. both of them were part of My Chemical Romance. Oh, mm-hmm. so it's like a Van Halen type of thing. So, yeah, Mike, or, Mike, Mikey Way was the bass guitarist. So it's his brother. So yes, I figured there was a relation. I didn't do the Google. I didn't do the work. Um. So his father. Was this evil dictator? Well, his... what is Eddie Van Halen's brother's name? Uh, did you know they were both born in like Denmark? Nope. I think I kind of knew that actually. Oh, What's his God. brother's name? Alex. Alex Van Halen. Maybe Alex it is Alex. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were born in Denmark. Those dudes they have jackasses. Weird names. <laughs> well, Eddie Van Halen's lucky to be alive, apparently. That too. He had cancer. Well, what did Alex play? I don't know. I was Bass? never really a big Van Halen. Drums? Like, I listened to a few of their Because I think the other guy who played either bass or drums, which wasn't Alex, they treated that guy horrible. Mm. Probably. And then their lead singer, they're always kicking his ass out and replacing him with someone else. Oh, my God, dude. So, Kiss was in concert? Oh, yeah. Do you know who opened for him? David Lee Roth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that dude. Did you go? So no, no, no. I did not go. Okay. Um, I, there, I wouldn't be caught dead at a Kiss concert. But the only reason I would have gone was to see David Lee Roth because I Isn't thought it. Would I bet be he cool. did not age well. Oh no, and it was horrible. People were posting stuff on Facebook, like one of Nick's friends. Um, he had posted like part of uh, Running with the Devil. Oh yeah. Oh my God, it was horrible. Like I would have demanded my money back. Like he was up there on stage. But you weren't there to see him. No, but it, like, hurt my ears to listen to it. Like, he wasn't even trying. And so, my son-in-law, Shane, he did go to the concert. Mm -hmm. And I talked to him, and he's like, yeah, dude. He's like, it was bad. He was like, he wasn't even, like, like, he would sing half part of the song and then come in and out of the song and sing it and just, like, whatever. Like, he was just there. He's like, I don't know if he was, like, strung out on something or if he was wasted. He's like, but it was terrible. And... Terrible. Then another guy that uh, I work with. Uh, let's finish Collider. I mean, it's a great story. Jeez. Um, all right. So his mom, the the guy's wife, she sees so she sees that this guy's bad news, and so she ends up betraying him and stealing the power of the black hole of the black hole. 
And so then she kind of rescues the people, and then she ends up dying. She gets killed, and then so she bequeaths the black hole to her son. She so bequeaths a black hole to people. He has the power of the black. He has the black hole. And then the dad ends up coming back, trying to get the black hole back. So there's like a showdown between the son and the father with over the black hole. That sounds horrible. It's, I'm not doing it justice, man. It's not like you like it though? It was, it was okay. It was interesting. It was, it was was fun. I liked it. I liked the concept and I, it it was fun. God, that worked out for you. Anyway, so I'm done. All right. Apparently. Apparently. Woo-hoo. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're going to wrap this up. You're going to jump in on Deadly Class on issue All right. 38. Bye. See ya.